Holy crap, this is gonna be a lot. guys welcome back to let's talk movies i'm brad i'm miguel and we have a massive show for you guys tonight marvel and dc updates the walking dead resident evil horror news star war news the dark knight news martha's man of steel news it's never ending so much stuff um miguel how you feeling tonight are you uh eating a dinner have a good drink my way what (laughs) the fuck you said are you ready oh okay are you ready for a night full of unbelievable stories. I am ready, Freddy. I had to take a sip of water for that. We both did, except mine's not water. We did. (laughs) Um, Guys, we've got an awesome show for you guys tonight, but before we get into talking about all those stories, I wanted to go ahead and uh, bring up, we hit 50 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, I think that happened on Wednesday night. Thank you, guys. We're so thankful for your love and support. Um, please keep liking our videos, keep sharing our stuff. Um, most importantly, keep interacting with us. I love when I open up YouTube, either on my on my desktop or on my phone, and I see that we have nine more comments on stuff because I'm like, shit, yeah, I get to like go back and like interact with people and talk to you. Like, that's my favorite part of doing this. Um, not subscribers, not likes, not any of that shit. I just I want to talk to people, and I think you should feel the same way, right, Miguel? Yeah, 100%. I love reading. Oh, I, mean, I love reading the comments just to see what your guys' inputs are. And mainly, most of them are horror stuff. So, like, even though I'm not, like, a horror like uh, fan like Brad, I love reading your comments mainly because, like, it's it's like I'm learning more from you guys. Like, I yeah. get more input about the horror genre. And honestly, it helps me, you know, know more about the horror genre, at, at which point, you know, we get more good content. So more than merrier, guys. Thank well, you. Well, I mean, it, it's building a community too. Like that, like, I mean, we talked about that all the way back in episode one, like when we started this, like the whole goal here was to build a community of people who love talking about movies and love talking about all the same crap that we love talking about. So um, just thank you guys so much. I, I was really happy to see that we hit 50 subscribers. I mean, again, I, I mean, exact number is not a goal, but it's nice to know that you're being watched. <laughs> <laughs> at the yeah, same yeah. time so it's uh, nice to know that we're it's nice to know that we're growing further and honestly yeah. when we started this i was whole, i was wholeheartedly expecting like a month of just of us doing this and we give up but hey man we're what we're here five six months in right now so we are we are here that's awesome um so thank you guys so much uh hopefully we'll be on tiktok pretty soon by the way <laughs> just let i'm just i'm just gonna lay that egg there real quick hopefully yeah guys get ready we'll, we'll be on tiktok we'll, that's in the works but um Start, start reeling in the Gen Z's. Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right, Miguel, we have a buffet of information ahead of us. Great, uh, this feels like opened up. This feels like an Italian dinner at my grandmother's house when I was 10 years old. Uh, so, uh, Sounds like set, a normal Friday for me. <laughs> I set you our agenda. Um, we, we, I'm going to let you start. Where do you even want to start? Where do you want to hop in? You want the dessert first? You want the ice cream? You want the you want the 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 the, the beef Wellington. You want the uh, the appetizer. You want the salad. You want the soup. You want the bread. Bro, bro, you're at a ten. I need I need you at like a seven right now. Give, give me a second to give me a second to beef up with you, okay? 
Let me see. <laughs> what can we talk about? I'm actually interested on 28 months later. Let's talk about that one. All right. Sweet deal. Let's uh let's hop into some horror news. Some horror news. Some horror news. All right. Uh so Cillian Murphy is open to returning for a possible sequel to 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later presumably what they would call 28 months later um as you guys know uh danny boyle's 2002 classic um it revitalized the zombie genre for all intents and purposes except for um you know films like tom savini's remake of george romero's night of the living dead the zombie genre was kind of dead like that's kind of funny the zombie genre was dead uh it 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 kind of wasn't really around and then danny boyle came along uh, and then Zack Snyder, two years later, with his his remake of Dawn of the Dead, um, and the running zombie thing started. And again, we talked about this on our zombie episode a couple uh, weeks ago. 28 Days Later is one of the few horror films that genuinely scares the shit out of me. Same here, Like, honestly. to this day. It's actually pretty the, freaky. The whole rage virus thing, the way the zombies look, um, they're all, like, bloodied out and they vomit blood and their eyes are red and they're angry and they run i mean it's just like it's literally a it's an actual nightmare film like it really is dude and dude i'm glad you said that that's like a perfect way of putting it you know like the 28 days later movies it literally feel like the combination of the atmosphere plus the the visual package and the zombies and the way that they're like practically done uh it it just i I don't know man It, it just feels um it feels like you're in a nightmare, uh, but it's a great movie. I mean, at the same time, I love watching it. That'd be that'll be a fun rewatch this summer. I actually have both of them on. Uh, I have tw- days and weeks in a in a double feature DVD package. So uh, oh, that's I'll have pretty to, dope. That, I'll have to rewatch them this summer. Maybe we can do a a, a commentary for those movies. Um, you know, obviously the the writer of Twenty Eight Days and Weeks Later. Um, I, I believe in 2017 or 18, he had kind of mentioned that they did have a script, like an early, early draft of a script for a sequel. Um, again, and that would presumably they did days, they did weeks. I would think they're going to do months um, to do a t- film called 28 Months Later. Uh, but he seemed really unsure that it would ever even happen. But Cillian Murphy, who played Jim in the first film, um, I loved that character. Really good job. He said, I would never say never. I love to make that movie. It was a long time ago, but sure. Meaning that he would love to return. Um, so again, not a whole lot to go off there, but I think it's kind of cool that he'd be willing to return. I mean, if you could get, you know, part of the problem with 28 weeks later was that I felt like it was a little bit of a letdown despite Jeremy Renner's performance. Um, and I think the set pieces were a little bit grander, like the stadium at the end of that movie was cool. Like it was really cool seeing the kids with the shaky cam running through the stadium, um, with the zombies chasing them through. I mean, it it was really cool. Um, aesthetically 28 weeks later was terrifying. Yeah, it really was like the sets were, I mean, the house at the beginning running through the field, getting on the boat. I mean, just that whole movie was terrifying from beginning to end. It's kind of given me chills thinking about it. I'm not going to lie. They freaked me out. Uh, but I, I don't know. I It kind of, it felt like a little bit of a letdown because I really liked the characters and I really liked the direction of that first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I kind of felt like the fact that the second one was a whole separate story was kind of like I don't know so if they really I mean, were to do 28 months later I would like to see Jim um, and a couple of the other characters that we already saw come back yeah also I mean I mentioned like I I want to talk about this one first because like Cillian Murphy, like as an actor in general, is he's 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 a knockoff. Uh, oh, not yeah. a knockoff. He's a knockout. Because yeah, uh, knockoff. I mean, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, guys, he's he's a pretty dope actor. He I don't is, know if you guys have seen actor. him. You guys have seen him in uh, Peaky Blinders. Golly, he knocks it out of the park. He's intimidating as hell. And obviously, in Twenty Eight Weeks Later, he did a pretty good job. But I'm sure you guys know him more from like The Dark Knight and right. uh, uh inception right yeah i think so he was he's also a very diverse actor like if you look at jim in 28 days later versus uh scarecrow in the dark knight trilogy um mm-hmm. versus who he played in inception like it's just, it, it's very they're very different characters um and it, again it just shows how diverse he is and how uh how talented he is um i i, I think he he's one of those guys um you know, like a DiCaprio or like a McConaughey, uh, that that can bring a lot of depth to a character. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Also, yeah, honestly, because whenever I was uh, whenever I watched Inception, I was like, I don't know, I was comparing Leonardo DiCaprio with uh, Cillian Murphy mainly because I mean, the both of them pretty much did their role pretty well, yeah. and um, I just think that both of them are pretty strong actors. But obviously, Cillian Murphy takes care of like the how can i put this leonardo dicaprio does like i don't know like if you were to compare put leonardo dicaprio in the type of movies he's been in like those have been like real like box office hits yeah like i feel like he pick he, he's willing to pick and choose mm-hmm. as for a cillian murphy like um he he takes risk in different movies you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure yeah well, Sorry. and I mean, even look at his at Jim's character arc in Twenty Eight Days Later. I mean, when he wakes up, he's kind of scared and he's clueless. He's like, I mean, when when he runs into the priest and they chase him out of the church, and he's running down the street and they're on fire after. I mean, it's just he looks terrified. And then, of course, by the end of the movie, after they've had the run in with the military, and he when he's shirtless and he's like crazy and he's killing the soldiers. I mean, like. It's like it's night and day, you know. His character really grows up a lot in the course of that hour-long movie. Like he really does, yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know. I would be down to see it twenty-eight months later. I think that would be, I think that'd be cool. I would definitely go see it. Uh, I would again. I would hope they'd get um, not only Cillian Murphy but a lot of the the, the original cast to return. Um, maybe you even take you know the cast of Twenty-Eight Days plus get the two kids, which they'd be grown now. Uh, so I don't know, you'd probably have to recast them, um, but maybe get, you know, I don't know, add the kids in from 28 weeks. I I don't know. I think, I think you could do a cool story there without it being a complete different, just like 360 from everything else that happened, you know, yeah they would a different story set in the same world. Yeah. It would have to be based off the first movie, obviously, because the second one pretty much is a completely different story. And if you want Cillian Murphy, if Cillian Murphy's going to be in it. He has to has to has to come in place of the first one. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just gonna feel like an anthology where like for sure stories. Right. But so. yeah, I'm I'm 100 excited for it. Mainly Absolutely. because those are my favorite zombies, like the rage zombies. The rage virus are, zombies. Yeah, those are those are more frightening than like the Walking Dead. 
Yeah, exactly. Because uh, let me put this in perspective. Zack Snyder zombies, like I'll we'll talk about like Army of the Dead, like they seem like video game zombies. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? They do. I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah. But for and obviously for like The Walking Dead, okay, a horror scary as fuck, obviously. But a single zombie, they made it look like it's just because if you got if you if you guys have been kept up with The Walking Dead, like. At this point of the at this point of the series, like it's mainly become like like a just a chore to just kill a zombie. Yeah, like it's not it's, there's no real real fear going around. Right. It's just like all right, right in the head, you're done. But for like, yeah. but with like twenty, but this with twenty eight days later, like the rage zombies. Oh my god, those are like freak. Like you can't just like walk up to them and stab them. No, you have to like actually use your instincts and actually like use your survival. Uh, skills to like get away from these guys because you can't take one necessarily well and can you imagine a horde yeah i mean shoot half the time i mean if you if you really think about those movies they really don't kill them very much yeah they just they run mainly away. run away because that's really that's like all you can do i mean you mm-hmm. can't do anything else i don't know it if the zombie apocalypse is ever to happen i do not want it to be like that I'd rather have them Walking Dead zombies where I can outrun it because I'm. I'm yeah, yeah. No, I'm 100%. <laughs> if I had to choose, it wouldn't be a good I had day. to choose a zombie uh, apocalypse movie 28 days later, I would not survive it. I would die within no. the first hour. No. I yeah. still think Resident Evil would be the hardest zombie universe to survive. But yeah, just because this you have would the be a close and all that. Yeah, because yeah. there's too much stuff. If the zombies yeah. don't kill, and you have zombies that walk and zombies that run, and if they mm. don't kill you, something else is going to kill you. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's actually a good segue. So, speaking of Resident Evil, um, this is not really anything big. Um, you know, I saw this on comicbook.com. Uh, you know, we we reported a few weeks ago we we had talked about um a couple of comments made at the the resident evil um universe whatever that was called uh, mm-hmm. resident evil showcase and they had talked about the fact that you know they kind of gave an update on where resident evil welcome to raccoon city the 2021 reboot is at in post-production and they said that they were really working on the cgi of the uh of the monsters in it which again we we strongly opposed that a little bit i know there has to be some cgi in there but i don't want to see fully crappy cgi'd monster i don't i don't want to see a you don't want to see you don't want to see uh world war z zombies yeah you can clearly tell like where the green screen is and where the special right i don't want to see world war z zombies and i don't like when i see a liquor in resident evil welcome to raccoon city i don't want to look feel like i'm watching a scene out of the paul ws anderson 2002 version of resident evil because as much as i love that movie it's very much 2002 cgi <laughs> like it really yeah. is um, well that means i would be really excited to see how how they do the cgi because obviously 2002 was you know a while back but right. uh so the cgi definitely has gotten better i mean if you take a look at like all the other movies that recently came out yeah i mean the cgi has gotten way better and it mainly depends on the type of budget that this movie is going to get because you know there's if you have you like have you seen uh what's it called ape versus monster i have not i wanted to do a trailer reaction I, to that. we just we never got around to it but yeah, i wanted to do a trailer i, I decided I, I took it upon myself to check out like some scenes 
it's 2020, man. It's 2021. And the CGI is god fucking awful. So, like, I mean, obviously that has to do with the budget. I'm pretty sure they didn't do that intentionally. It's just the budget. So, it all boils down to the budget and the type of uh, crew that they have for the animation yeah. and the special effects. Like, that's that's what it comes down to. Because, right. like, if you compare, like, if you look at, like, obviously Godzilla versus Kong and Monster versus 8, like, they're complete polar opposites. <laughs> and the CGI is completely different. Oh, yeah. Obvi- it's and it's obviously, it's obviously within the same year. So, I mean, it all boils down to the crew and the budget of the studio so right we'll have to um, see like how it looks like i know I, i'm i'm very cautiously optimistic about it um but what we were here to talk about um robbie emile who is playing chris redfield in the movie uh he was on a twitch stream a few days ago and he revealed that he was back in toronto canada um and he was filming reshoots for the movie um you know Again, that's not really a big, really a big piece of news. It's not anything breaking. That's all you know. That's kind of wild and crazy, um, but it kind of begs the question: Are they really reshooting scenes, or are they adding something new? Um, and again, we won't really know that until really we won't ever know that because we're when you're watching, we're you're not going to be watching. It, you're going to go, oh, they filmed that after. You're not. Nobody's going to. They're not. You're not going to care. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it has something to do with Chris Redfield. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what those scenes are going to be. Um, and I mean, it's May and the movie drops in September. Do you think it's a little bit late for them to be doing reshoots if they were already working on the CGI and they were this far into post? I mean, obviously the reshoots are going to be like conversation, like scenes, you know what I mean? Probably like it's not going to be action. It's obviously. not going to be like fighting Nemesis or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Most of yeah. the reshoots are pretty much just like they mainly mainly because if you look at uh uh Josh Whedon's uh cut of Justice League, most of the reshoots were just conversation pieces. Obviously, yeah. No, well, let me take that back because it was you know again it was completely different. But the ones where people have been like uh the videos where people are like comparing the or trying to like decipher the the reshoots it's really uh-huh. easy to tell and most of them were conversation pieces oh so, it's the 24th i f- i forgot they, they pushed it back it's november 24th so really okay. they really they that's probably about right they probably haven't they i mean they have enough time to finish it um i don't know yeah. i saw that and i was like i don't know is that kind of late to be doing reshoots but i guess i i forgot that they pushed it back to november so really i guess it's not that bad um but I just, I, I don't know. I, again, I, it kind of just brings up what we talked about before. Um, I'm very cautiously optimistic about this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked ad nauseum about uh, how much of a Resident Evil fan I am. I mean, Resident Evil was, was really one of the things that got me into horror movies and horror video games and, you know, movies in general. I mean, it was just Resident Evil was a real big part of my childhood. Um so I'm cautiously optimistic. I hope that this movie blows my freaking mind. I really do. But what do you, what are your all's thoughts on uh, on the Resident Evil upcoming reboot? So let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. I got some comments about the cast, honestly. I know. Yeah. Risky. Yeah. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll have to see how it I'm plays out. Say, yeah, it's 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 weird, honestly. I I, I see I'm already. Not... 
I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical with Leon. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm also not like all for it. But yeah. then again, look at the the Leon and Chris we got in the Paul W S Anderson films. It was yeah. literally like great value brand Leon. Like, like every yeah. time we saw Leon in a scene, he was just like. <sighs> Well, I mean, if you, I mean, obviously in the games, he was kind of like that. I may pause this recording now. I'm Leon. <laughs> uh, and then Chris was like, I'm damaged and I'm, I'm looking for my sister. Where? Yeah, Chris Redfield <laughs> and like the Paul W.S. Anderson movie. They I also swear. just threw him in too. Like, yeah, it, they served it was no such purpose. Fan. It was fan candy, pretty much. And it was crappy fan candy. It was like, it was like Twizzlers or. Uh, Don't you dare knock down Twizzlers, bitch. Twizzlers it, are disgusting. Fuck you. I bet the next thing you're so are Tootsie Whoppers. Rolls. Leon is a Twizzler and Chris is a Tootsie Roll in the, Guys, in the Paul W.S. Anderson films. If you cancel anyone in this podcast, cancel him after that comment. I swear to God, please. Cancel I said what man. I said. I said what I said, and I don't regret it. Next thing you're gonna say is whoppers are terrible, and I might whoppers actually are you. terrible. I will straight up fight you. I will <laughs> they give you are both terrible. Of these. I will give you both of these hands. They're All terrible. those are delicious. Nope. Don't you dare question my candy choices. Nasty. <laughs> so wait, are you? So-, <laughs> so what you're saying is the Paul W. S. Anderson movie are pretty much the. It's like the Tootsie Roll gift bag. You know what I'm talking about? You know those like bags of candies where it just has like Tootsie Rolls, lollipops, and like all these other like off brand. Yeah, like, but it's not like brand. the Hershey's one. It's like the off brand one that doesn't. Yeah, it's not yeah. As good. yeah. Basically. Damn, that's a pretty good analogy, Colin. And no, I, to be fair, I love them. Like, especially one, two, uh, the first one, and Apocalypse and Extinction. I love those movies. And I am. I mean, I went and saw every single except for the first one. And maybe the second one, I don't remember. I saw extin- definitely Extinction through the final chapter. I saw every single one in the movie theater. Like, I'm a fan of the Paul W.S. Anderson films. I ha- I own every single one of them. But it- it's kind of funny because, like, the order of how good they were, it was like one was really good, two was actually a little bit better than one, and then three was okay, and then four sucked, and then five sucked a little bit more, and then six really sucked. Like, it was just like the order of how good they are, like, goes down as the series. Like, they literally go in order of, of how good they are. Yeah, but, I would say it started sucking, like, whenever we saw Leon and Chris. I'm not yeah, going to lie. The second they got introduced, just... I was like, no. I don't know, like in Afterlife, you know, when they threw in like the the Executioner from Resident Evil 5 and stuff, it was just like, oh, yeah, where did he like, where did that come from? Like, it was just random. I I don't know it. I felt like the. I think one, two and three were legitimate attempts to recreate the game and putting their own spin on the game. But the last three, I just. It was like they tried to do all fan service while like continuing their story, but I don't know. I feel like if you're doing fan service just for the sake of doing fan service, like don't because it's not, it doesn't work. Like, especially with a a series like Resident Evil, where there's so much mythology and there's so much lore behind it. Like every single one of those monsters has like a story or a reason that they got there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then for you to just introduce them out of nowhere. Yeah, like sense. you could have given Leon and Chris like their own separate movies before they were in 
I don't know. I just, I, it felt like they just threw in characters just to throw in characters. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I wasn't about it. So again, I'm really cautiously optimistic for Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I hope it blows my socks off. I really do. Don't get your hopes up, buddy. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but we'll see. We shall <laughs> see. All right. So where do you want to go next? Um, let me see. What should we talk about next? We I could totally continue our walking or uh, our zombie uh, trend with some Walking Dead. Yeah, let's go for that. All right. Um, let me get pulled up here. Um. Okay. Um. So we have a whole bunch of Walking Dead news to talk about, uh, and a little bit of speculation to go on. Um. If you missed it, uh. On our YouTube channel and on Spotify, we have uh, six bonus episodes talking about the uh, the six most recent installments of The Walking Dead. Uh, those those six bonus episodes from season ten that they tacked on um, before season eleven starts. Uh, we're talking all six of them in a couple of bonus episodes, and that, that was a, a whole lot of fun to do. Um, we're both big Walking Dead fans, um, so The Walking Dead will have a new home in star via disney plus um it's going to disney plus it's going to disney plus now it's not going to disney plus like you're gonna see marvel uh what is it like marvel star wars or marvel pixar star wars the walking dead like it's not gonna be like that um you know star is only available uh europe canada and new zealand um and Star is basically going to be the home of more adult content. So it's going to have a lot of the Fox stuff. It'll have the Deadpool films. It'll have Family Guy. It'll have The Walking Dead on there. Um, I don't is know. Star and Star is a different. Yeah, it's different. Oh, okay. This is this is going to be a Disney thing called Star. Um, so okay. like basically when you log into Disney Plus, there will be a Star section. Um, and that will be more of your adult content. Now, I mean, it's not going to have porn on there or something crazy like that. When I say adult, I mean like like something More that a like, ten, that a 10 year old is not going to you know what i mean that they're not going to watch like on their own yeah uh, because obviously they need, they need to put deadpool somewhere you know what yeah I mean? they they're going to put deadpool there um the x files is going to be on there too the x files is going to be on star because fox owns the x files disney now owns fox um their merger is what allowed that whole thing to happen so mickey mouse is going to have his hand in everything as usual because mickey mouse is going to own the world at some point Um, and now he owns rick rhymes and his group of survivors (laughs) um but you know again we're going to talk a little bit about the conglomerate thing and all of these you know bigger companies buying you know big bigger companies buying big companies buying little companies kind of thing where they're just trying to monopolize and conglomerate this whole movie streaming service industry and it's it's God, it gives me a headache. It's it's just crazy. It's gonna be um, an interesting case study. I'm not gonna lie because I it's, know. it's this is gonna like this this whole streaming service is so new and it's already being uh, monopolized like fast. Oh yeah, and it's blowing up too. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's big money deals that these people are making and that these studios and companies are making. Um, so again, I don't know if Fear the Walking Dead will be on Star. I don't know if World Beyond will be on Star. Uh, I don't know if the Rick Grimes trilogy of films will be on Star, but we know that the Walking Dead's main series will be there. Uh, now, speaking of the Rick Grimes trilogy, um, 
I, I wanted to bring this up because we haven't really gotten to talk about this uh, at great length. Um, Galen Hurd, who has been with the show since its premiere in 2010 as a producer, she will carry on and be a producer of uh, the Walking Dead movie trilogy. Um, she's also produced Fear. She's produced World Beyond. I think kind of like Scott M. Gimple uh, and how Frank Darabont was for a while, she will be a part of The Walking Dead, it seems, until until the whole franchise is done with. Yeah, done. Um, until The Walking Dead is dead. Uh, and I mean, dude, her resume is stacked. Have you ever looked up Gail Ann Hurd's, uh, what, the movie she's produced? No. Dude, all of the Terminator movies, the Aliens movies, all of the Hulk movies, like Hulk, like crappy Hulk with Eric Bana, all the way to Edward Norton's Hulk movie. Um, she's produced all of the Walking Dead stuff. She produced Armageddon. I mean, it is a stacked list of movies and series that she has produced. It's pretty dope. Um, and she's always, I mean, I, she really, every interview, every time I've ever seen her speak about The Walking Dead, she seems like she really cares and that she really, um, like she really has a lot of love for this franchise and for this series. So I'm happy to see the fact that she's returning uh, to do the films. Now. I feel like I've seen her in The Talking Dead Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's, she, she's been she, on it. Yeah, she's on pretty like she she's very outspoken about the show. She talks about the show a whole lot. Um that's great honestly. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. Um now, it's been confirmed that The Walking Dead movies will be a theatrical release. It's not going to be on a streaming service. It's not going to be a TV movie. They're going to be in the movie theater. Um, Andrew Lincoln is reprising his role as Rick Grimes. Pollyanna McIntosh is going to continue to be Jadis or Anne. Um, I'm really wondering about where her, her character is going to go because she is a strange bird, her character. Um, I forgot who Jada was. Jadis? She's the trash woman leader that ended up not really being a trash woman. <laughs> Do you remember her? I think so. Hold on. She's the one who found Rick. When we thought Rick died on the bridge. Oh, that woman. Yeah, yeah, okay, her. I who said, you. I have a beer, whatever she called him. Um, and, you know, of course, it's been rumored that Denai Guerrera is going to return as Michonne in that movie as well. But I wanted to take some time and I wanted to talk about the first movie in that trilogy. Um, you know, a while ago, Robert Kirkman and Scott M. Gimple said that uh, that this film will explain where Rick was taken and what he faces in another corner of the zombie apocalypse. That was their exact quote uh, on what they said about this movie. Where do you want to see this Rick Grimes movie go? And you have to think this is going to be the first in a trilogy. So they're going to have to like leave room for two more acts of this greater story. So, I mean, I guess we can't really even answer this question until we see how The Walking Dead actually ends and where they push the main storyline yeah where do you want to see the rick movies go what kind of stuff do you want to see fucking world building honestly because it's like because this is it's a zombie apocalypse but it's only happened in like the south in the southeast you know what i mean we've only seen well really we've seen it in the south like kentucky through georgia virginia mm -hmm. like you know like you said southeast and really with fear the walking dead we saw california like we saw la we saw mm -hmm. uh 
you know, I think New Mexico and things like that. But really, they're the only two places that we've actually gotten to see in this world, which yeah, is kind exactly. of wild. And again, I think that's part of what The Walking Dead has done really, really well uh, is the stuff that they do show. It feels very intimate and it feels very like, wow, I'm watching this small little piece of a greater world and like this whole greater apocalypse that's happened. Um, yeah, like it makes you think like if it's if if like the southern states is like this expansive and this uh zombie apocalypse it makes you think like what are the other 50 states were like and that's pretty much what we got with california because obviously california and uh the southern states both handled the zombie apocalypse completely different right i mean yeah so well it's different geographical areas too i mean la and you know outskirts of atlanta are two different places you know yeah yeah exactly um so i you know i world beyond and i need to rewatch those world beyond episodes um i I wasn't that into it to be completely honest i was just watching to kind of get the little bits of information about where we were gonna go and where we were Mm -hmm. heading um but they really laced this civil republic military thing this crm thing uh and you know best i can understand it's basically the last like faction of the american government and the military that's like been left behind um i've seen a few people and i don't know if i even agree with this or not but i've seen a few people on youtube and on um, a couple of the walking dead facebook groups and on facebook and twitter and things like that uh speculating that the whole a b thing you know when rick is laying there and he's all bloody and injured from you know, fallen off from shooting the um, the dynamite and falling off the bridge and saving all of them. When she says, I have an A and or I have a B, I promised you an A, I know, you know, because again, the whole question with the helicopter thing and that CRM symbol, it's like, what the hell is an A and what is a B? Like, what does that mean? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I've seen some people speculate that an A is a fighter. An A is somebody that you can add to your military to, to grow your numbers. And a B is someone who can be experimented on. Um, There was a rumor a while back, a few months ago, like kind of, I think as COVID was starting actually, (coughs) that the future of The Walking Dead would kind of take a sci-fi twist. And then Uh. it would really be, (laughs) as you roll your eyes, Uh. uh, and then it would kind of be about like human and zombie experimentation and what this CRM, the Civil Republic military, what's left of the government trying to find a cure and somehow Rick could be a part of that or Rick could be a part of stopping that. Um, you know, in World Beyond, like we've seen that the CRM, like they don't give a shit. Like they they treat people, they have this facade, like they treat like they care about you and they treat people right. But like they really don't, They're basically their only goal is keeping people alive. Like they don't really... They, they don't treat them the way that they should be treated. Uh, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen, uh, I know walking dead beyond. So I can't really give much, uh, uh, perspective on like what the show is about, but just off what you're saying, like, Jesus Christ, it sounds like it sounds, it sounds a little bit like Z nation, which you need to check out. I do need to check out Z nation. Yeah, Cause it's, it's, it's way, it starts off as like a zombie focus, but then it goes way outfield. Like, let me tell you, it goes far. I mean, it's all about like the Walking Dead is just about eating, you know, the flesh. But 
Z Nation is about eating brains. You know what I'm talking about when like the zombies yeah. are just like brains. Yeah, it's it's really focused on like the brain and it's just really spoofy, but it's really good at the same time. I think of Return of the Living Dead when they have, which I know you haven't seen that yet, uh, when they have the the woman zombie on the table. And again, that's spoofy. I mean, it's 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 kind of meant to be like a joke. And, yeah. Uh, they have her on the table and they're like, why do you eat flesh? And she's like, not flesh, brains. <laughs> that's all I it's, think of it's, when you say that. It's not like that, brains. but like it's... It's literally how can I put this right? Like the zombie. I get what you're saying. It's overly sci-fi. Like it's kind of yeah. like. I'm talking like human, like zombies that still act like humans. Yeah, I'm. Not it's a fan like of that. that. It's like it's. Like, I hope they don't go that far. No, you're gonna you're gonna get zombie human hybrids in the Walking Obvious, Dead. If that's the way they're gonna go, if you say they're gonna go sci-fi, one hundred percent, they're gonna go full sci-fi channel. Because that's where the Z Nation's at. Sci-fi Sci-fi channel. Channel. We're and getting into unsolved know, mysteries here, boys. Yeah, if you guys know, <laughs> if you guys know about the Sci-Fi Channel, they are known for making some really out of the ordinary movies and or shows, and they're good, but they're really out there. They're really far left field. So if that's the role they're gonna go, maybe. I mean, I, I would one hundred percent love to see a Murphy and The Walking Dead, which you guys probably don't know who that is. You know, I I, I kind of. I don't know. For me, I, I I think, you know, I liked at the end of season two when Rick reveals what Jenner told him at the CDC where it's a virus, but they're all already infected. Like, that's when why when you die, you automatically turn into one. Like, that was a cool twist. Like, mm-hmm. I, I dug that. Um, but I kind of like the idea that the military is getting frustrated because they're doing all of the experiments. They're trying to figure out, like, what the virus is why it does what it does and they keep failing like i think it would i would be down to see them doing different experiments on zombies and different experiments on people to try to cure them um or try to like cure zombies or try to like revert them back in some way and they just keep failing and failing and failing i'm okay if the walking dead never reveals Mm -hmm. the cause of the apocalypse or never reveals what the virus actually is um i'm okay with leaving that ambiguous because that's not the point of the walking dead that would be too much of a shift um the the point of the walking dead has always been the people Mm -hmm. you know like how how does a group survive in in a legitimate and like the most realistic version of a zombie apocalypse and i mean look at even look at that original group from season one of the walking dead like they're all such different people i mean like Rick and Shane are already two different people, even though they were best friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at T-Dog, look at Carol and Ed and that whole situation. I mean, it's just like very different people and seeing how those people become family um, and over the course of these 10 seasons. So like, you know, I, I don't know. At the end of the trilogy, if that's going to be the end of The Walking Dead as we know it, um, I would really like to see, obviously, Rick reuniting with Judith and his group. Um, we got to see a Rick and Daryl reunion. We have to, yep. or else I'm just not going to be satisfied with my life. Uh, and I honestly, it'd be cool if they did it as one big, like if the walking dead and the both movies and fear the walking dead and world beyond all built towards one, like massive conclusion. And then the last walking dead movie was like a huge crossover event between all of the shows. That would be dope. It would, that would be pretty dope. 
I'd be but I would be down for that. I would too. I mean, like, how can I put this right? It's it'd be such a weird direction if they were to just like neglect the family aspect of The Walking Dead just yeah. to go into a more sci-fi-ish kind of thing. I and agree. because like 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 we said, it's like it's really family oriented, like Fast and Furious family oriented. And you guys aren't talking <laughs> about like it's family oriented. And I'm surprised they're not saying family like every other line. But uh yeah, I mean it's if I if I were to want one thing in the Walking Dead movies is to have the original group in that at least or at least mention or cameo with in those movies. It's a trilogy, right? It's a trilogy, yeah. Yeah, like I would want their I would want some references from the TV show. I don't want it to be just like a single thing where it's like it doesn't really like pull from the actual show. Right. It would be really weird. Do you think they're going to add uh, people from Fear the Walking Dead into the movie? I would hope so, which I don't know. I'm not caught up on Fear the Walking Dead. That's another thing on my to-do list. Um I loved the first two seasons and then seasons like I, somewhere in season three i just got lost like i just stopped caring mm-hmm. uh but and i think it sucked for a little while but from what i've heard it is f- straight up fire now like it's really good so i gotta hop back on the fear train and finish it out um golly i can't tell you when i stopped <laughs> watching that one when did i stop i was... loved the first dude i've rewatched the first season of fear and it's only like six episodes i've rewatched that like three or four times i think i stopped season. watching we're, we're whenever uh, at the, I think Nick's character. You know what I'm mm. talking about? I, again, oh, when he dies. Okay, oh, fuck it. He yeah. just spoiled it. I know he dies. I don't want to spoil it. I haven't made it that far, but mm-hmm. that was something that the Walking Dead themselves actually spoiled for me on Facebook. Because I clicked on Facebook and they were like, rip Nick. And they had like the picture of him dying. And I was like, okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's the other problem I had with Fear the Walking Dead is they killed like all of the main like every character that I actually liked they killed him. It's <laughs> like I mean yeah it's okay. It was really like because with the Walking Dead like it took time for them to be right. killed. It was like every other season and you like, kind of got the gist. You know that main characters are gonna die, but at the same time they take the time to build it up. Fear the Walking Dead, it was like, well, Travis is gone. Now Madison's gone. Now yep. Nick is gone. I yep. was just like, what? Like, how do you yep. even continue the show from that? All you uh, have now is Alicia, right? And you Morgan. Only, you have Alicia um, and Strand. They're the only two from the original. Uh, what's his name? Good, the Spanish guy. Um, Garcia, is that his name? He's still Garcia's alive. Garcia's still in it, thank he, God. He's he is still alive, yo. yes. So Garcia's his daughter may far. still be alive too. I'm not. No, I think I'm she died. Positive. She had to. There's no way. I'm not positive, bro. Let me tell you. Whenever, like, yo, when uh, when I think it's uh, if I'm thinking of the right person, no, I'm thinking of uh, who's the guy? You're talking about the other, like the father of uh, what's her name? If I'm thinking of it right, you know what I'm talking about in the beginning when he was torturing the the soldier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, what was that his name? Se- that season was amazing. Yeah, it was. Is he is he still in the in the series? Did he die? The dad? Yeah. That's who I'm talking about. I think he's yeah, he's still alive. He's still in it. Bro, yeah, he is by far my favorite character. Mainly because um He didn't whenever <laughs> he doesn't care. Fuck. He's technically like in the movie, he's uh Salvadoran. 
and like uh-huh. that huge twist where like he was talking about like how he was like a rebel or whatnot in the Civil he, War. Yeah, he was talking about like which, warfare and stuff. Like yeah, yeah, crazy but then, stuff. Yeah, but then like whenever he was torturing the 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 soldier, it turned out he was actually like he wasn't the rebel. He was like the government. And me and my dad sat there and we were like, "Oh shit, that's a whole different." <laughs> that, that was that was a flip because we're we come from El Salvador, so we know the story of our yeah. history. And when we saw that, we were like, "Holy shit, that took a turn." So yeah. that was, I love him, man. He's a great character. Dude, I will say like that, fi- I mean, I'm serious. I have rewatched that first six episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, probably three or four, maybe even five times. Like they're really good episodes. And like, mm-hmm. again, we've had that conversation before where I'm oddly, weirdly obsessed and interested in like the beginning of the zombie apocalypse and like how everything would fall apart because that's such a weird wild and crazy scenario and mm-hmm. there's so many different places you can take it and like i think that is arguably my favorite like entertain my favorite movie or tv description or adaptation of how that process would go it's just it's fun it's it's good time it's good times but i i enjoy it i i, I love that series um, and I do need to finish it out so that I actually understand what's going on because I'm sick of, I'm sick of being in the dark about fear, <laughs> but cause I really am. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea what's going on with it. Well, it looks um, like we're going to catch up. We'll probably, we'll probably do some episodes on it too. Just we, so, you know. we will, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, we'll catch up on the walking dead over the summer and, uh, I'll watch Z nation. Um, one more walking dead story to talk about here. You know, if we, no matter how they play this out, it still leaves room for one of the other spinoff shows. We know we're getting a Daryl and Carol spinoff show. Um, we have one more season of World Beyond since that's a limited series. Uh, but Scott M. Gimple has revealed that there will be another spinoff called Tales of the Walking Dead. Now, this is going to be a completely anthological series. Every single episode is going to be a brand new story week to week. It's not going to continue over. It's not going to be recurring characters. Um, Scott Gimple said that this will be an episodic anthology with individual episodes or arcs of episodes focused on new or existing characters, backstories, or standalone experiences. So basically, this is going to be like every single week, it's a new story from within the world of The Walking Dead. I like that. I'm kind of down for it. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty down for it. I'm not going to lie. Look, guys, like I, I've said anthology a lot in the past couple episodes, mainly because I like I just saw the ballad of Busty Shrugs, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Have you? No. Okay, no. it's a Netflix show and it's mainly like it takes place in, in the western and it's like it's three stories. <clears throat> like it's three well written stories and none of them connect. But they're just stories of of the West during that time, and also honestly, all th- all of them, all the stories that they had right there were pretty knocking out of the park. They're really yeah. great, and it's just that idea of like different stories in a certain time period that don't connect, and like it's beginning, middle, end, nothing, no yeah. sequel, no nothing. It's just a story. It's really interesting to me, mainly because it's like it's like it's like it's like whenever you hear a, you know how like. You know, like when you're growing up and, you know, your your mother or your father would tell you a story, like a bedtime story, like there's no sequels. It's just beginning, middle, end. 
that's right. it. That's all you get. And yeah. I think that's cool. I mean, that is, it's kind of like a bedtime story, pretty much. And the Ballad of Bust... Fuck, I'm going to fuck it up again. The Ballad of, like, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, like, that's pretty damn good. And uh, I'm trying to think of any other anthologies that, that I can think I've of. I've heard people talk about it and say that it's really, really great. It's really great. And if The Walking Dead were to do that, it would honestly sound pretty fire because it's, it's a different... Because obviously it's a different universe. And to have different stories where, like, either they live or they die. Like, there's no question about it. That would be yeah. great. Because, you know, because it's always interesting because, you know, in The Walking Dead, there's always, like, the main characters stumble upon, like, you know, a skeleton. And they always wonder, like, what happened to them. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, stuff like that. Like, where they tell stories of, like, oh, I wonder what happened to this mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. Like, I like that idea. Like, they should definitely make that. And honestly, it would be dope if they had it connect with some of the actual legitimate stories of the Walking Dead series. Mm-hmm. Or like if like, like I'm sure there's like a moment where because uh, you, you know how like whenever when Morgan and uh, Aaron were out looking around and they would find these charred bodies, like let me know some stories about that. Yeah. Like I would love to know like the backstory of that. I think that'd be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. 100% for sure. down for that. Well, I mean, it's just, it's interesting because like, even when, you know, you have the scenes of them in Atlanta at first, or when they go back to Atlanta later in the series, like it, every wrecked car, every smashed window in a building. I mean, it's just like, that's a story like that. Mm-hmm. There was some event that happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's interesting, you know, I've always been drawn and I've always been interested in, you know, there's so many different stories that you can tell in the zombie apocalypse genre i have the hiccups right now and i hate myself jesus but it's okay and my allergies are still killing me but it's fine uh, yeah, yeah so scott m gimple said he he had this to say he said we're working on it right now our operating principle right now is single hours that are very different week to week we've left the door open to tell longer maybe multi-episode stories in the universe we want to keep it really flexible but to start out with we want a bunch of very different stories where the audience isn't going to know what to expect I'm down for it. Like, I really yeah. am. As much as I love the main storyline and I love the characters that they've established over the last decade, I am down. Because, you know, the the cool thing about this, um, and I'm going to read a quote from Robert Kirkman in just a minute that, you know, kind of fleshes this out a little bit, is, you know, you can have an episode that's about day one that is about the day that it comes on the news that there's a virus and something's wrong and people start turning and society is still functioning and then the next episode you could have eight years after the apocalypse happens and Mm -hmm. it's somebody down on their luck trying to survive like there's so many different stories you can tell within that world um robert kirkman who was the series creator uh, he wrote the the graphic novels. He had this to say about it. He said, this is a tremendous opportunity to explore many different aspects of the Walking Dead universe to be able to jump forward and backward in time and also do things that are much different than what we've done on the Walking Dead thus far. Um, and again, I've always felt like, you know, no zombie story has really done a whole lot of justice, very few of them. And I think this is why I like the beginning of Fear of the Walking Dead so much really does justice to Mm -hmm. the beginning of the apocalypse everybody's focused on after like after it's over after people are gone after everything is shut down 
and there's no electricity and there's no food. And yes, while that's interesting, I think it's been done so much now that I'm kind of like, show me something else. Like, show me, show me the world collapsing. Because that's an interesting, that's an, inter again, I don't want to see it. I'm not one of them weird people that like, I like want to see that happen in real better. life. Yeah. But for entertainment movie purposes. It's an interesting, interesting concept. It really yeah. is. It's a, it, like we talked about in episode 21. It's the perfect what if scenario. Um, and I would 20 out of 10 watch a series uh, that just talks about different people and different experiences uh, and different stories that you can tell within this greater walking dead universe. So I'm, I'm down for that. I'm pretty excited for that. Actually. I'm, I kind of wish that was on like right now. <laughs> I, I 100% would love to see this anthology of tales of the walking dead. It's like, I don't know why I didn't come. I didn't think of it earlier. It's like tales of the crypt pretty much. Yes. It's yeah, just yeah. like that. And except, you know, without the zombie, like it's going to be the Twilight Zone for The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, which honestly, I need to check out more of the Twilight Zone because I, I, I like that. Also, like, do you know the one with like because they rebooted it? You know what I mean, with the uh, Jordan yeah, Peele. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I remember when I saw that first commercial, I was like, yo, that sounds dope. Jordan Peele and in, uh, in the in the Twilight Zone, like like head running it. That sounds yeah. dope as hell, mainly because you know of his work with uh, us and Get Out, which by yeah. the way are two phenomenal movies mm -hmm. for a comedian, a comedic writer to create two spot-on thriller movies. Right, I consider them thrillers, not really horror, but yeah, I one hundred percent want to see Tales of the Walking Dead. That would be dope. Me too. For Showa, uh, so that wraps up our Walking Dead news for the night. Um, where you want to go next there's so much there are so many different cool stories that we have tonight and we are like at the tip of the iceberg i feel like uh you want to continue with horror or you want to go something a little bit different uh let's uh go to a galaxy far far away all right let's go to a galaxy far far away so let's talk glad some you got star the wars i did i did i may not be the biggest star wars fan but I, I will get I will get your references. It's uh, no, honestly, it's like <laughs> even even if you're not like a a Star Wars fanatic, it's so culturally embedded <laughs> into society that you get it right. no matter what. So it's the, great. The yellow oh, letters, my. like my yellow shirt. Yeah. The yeah. yellow letters, like scrolling down under the stars and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yep. Um. So this was another real interesting story that I found. Uh, I believe I found this on comicbook.com. So trip down memory lane here all the way back in 2010. Uh, Man of Steel Good was times. about to come out. Good times. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, long before we ever had this show, right before Man of Steel was about to come out, um, Zack Snyder was rumored, not confirmed, rumored, to have been in talks to write and direct a chapter in Star Wars. Mm. Um, on Happy, Sad, Confused, which is a dope podcast. If you've never watched Happy, Sad, Confused, you need to. Uh, it's become one of my favorites. Um, this week, Zack Snyder revealed that those rumors were true. At one he was going point, to direct one? At one point, Zack Snyder was going to not only write 
but direct a Star Wars movie at the same time. Interesting. What's your take on Zack Snyder directing a Star Wars movie? Honestly, it's obviously Zack Snyder is like a big like name right now because of the shit he's going through and the movies he's been making. And honestly, like whenever I keep thinking of uh, of Zack Snyder and the things people don't like about him, it's stuff that would really fit well with uh, Star Wars because he's really good at setting little Easter eggs and setting little yeah. tidbits that can honestly be made into different movies. And um, that's what Star Wars is, essentially. It's just different tales of a of a galaxy far far away like that's how that's how the movie begins all the time it's like right like at a time in a galaxy far far away or once upon a time in a galaxy far far away it's basically talking about legends and the universe and right. uh zach snyder could be a good option for it i'm not gonna lie you guys may disagree with me but seeing how he does with uh, justice league and army of the dead just those two movie alone like he's able to create little Easter eggs that can honestly be built into different uh, movies, and I 100% would love, would have loved to see a Zack Snyder um, Star Wars movie and just see which one he would do. What like it was he in talks of doing like the new saga? No. Well, fuck. We're gonna get there. We're going to get there. Okay. Uh, so this is what Zack Snyder had to say on Happy, Sad, Confused. He said, yeah, we talked about it, but it never, you know, I've been working on it just away from the Star Wars universe, just on my own, just as a sci-fi thing. It's still a sci-fi thing. It's the same story, just kind of now I'm going to let Star Wars be Star Wars. You know, the 11-year-old me still wants to make that now that I know how to. So maybe we'll see that someday. Mm -hmm. so it sounds like he's still down to make it um he did not reveal i think he was prompted but he didn't really reveal uh what if we would see any of the recurring big star wars names in there um here here's where it gets interesting and you just asked what the story could be well there was a rumor as to what that story could be are you seeing it yet on our on our fact sheet here <laughs> it was rumored that, that was Zack be a Snyder story would be for Yoda. It would be an origin story for Yoda, but not only an origin story, a darker, maybe horror, light horror, light or like thriller esque based sci fi film about Yoda's origin story. So, how he, you know, not only his backstory, how he became a Jedi, uh, how he kind of how he came about his way of thinking um just it, yoda's origin story but it would have had kind of a darker flair to it um what do you think of a darker star wars movie and not, not only a darker star wars movie but a darker star wars movie about yoda interesting i would obviously, be down to see it obviously a yoda like um uh backstory is something everybody wants because honestly yoda's uh true origin is still yet to be known is it really yeah like we don't know anything about again guys i'm not a big Star look Wars man guy. yoda don't like, don't kill me in the comments but i'm not like his species is still not recorded and um mm. 
that's why it's mainly referred referred to as just Yoda species because there isn't like a a specific um, name for his kind. Is that why so the like, the little one they call him the child? Yeah, is that no why they knows... want him in the Mandalorian? No, no because he's a Jedi. He's okay. he's 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 uh, no, he's not a Jedi. He's he's uh, strong with the Force, and he's uh, another species of Yoda, which. Obviously, there Yoda's kind is known for being extremely strong in the Force, so it's definitely like he's prize. He's a he's a true prize for the Empire or the First Order right. at that time. Yeah, to get his hands on him because to have a dark side Yoda would be absolutely devastating for the Rebels. Trust me. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's why they want him so bad. Obviously, I don't know. I'm just speculating. And um, it and like uh, so going back to Zack Snyder is what I want to get back to. For him to want to make an origin story, just in general, everybody wants an origin story of Yoda species, like one hundred percent. To make it scare, to make it like a dark sci-fi, that would be interesting, because that would mean Yoda species would end up being like a really savage, a savage. Yeah. Uh, uh, species or a savage world, and probably maybe maybe Yoda is a is a I don't know maybe Yoda matured and became enlightened despite the his uh, well him growing up in this uh, world that he's been in. So like it's if I were to think of Yoda's backstory and it being like a dark one, that would be really interesting. I don't well, know watch it. And you know, not only. I don't know. Not only could his backstory be uh, be dark in nature, but you know, what if you know the story of his species is kind of sad? Like, if the story of his species was kind of sad, um, and what happened to his species or something like that, maybe a lot of them kind of died off a little mm -hmm. bit. You know, I I'd be curious yeah, to see because... what Zack Snyder would do with that. Because he's, I, dude, Zack Snyder is great at setting up universes and setting yeah. up dark, uh, very atmospheric films. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have said horror. I, I, I don't think it would be a horror movie by any means. But the Star Wars movies have a Spielberg-esque, and I know George Lucas, I know Spielberg didn't direct it. But I'm just saying that same feeling of like that heroic, big, you know, it feels large. Um I think this could possibly be a little bit more of an intimate, uh, a, a, I don't know, a, just a, a darker storyline. Mm -hmm. And I think Zack Snyder could do that part of it justice. I, as Again, as someone who's not as well-versed in the Star Wars lore, I don't know how Zack Snyder would handle Star Wars lore, but I think in terms of the atmosphere and the mood... Zack Snyder could do justice for that kind of story. Would you agree? I would agree. Only if he. Why'd you laugh back. at me? Because <laughs> it was. Could you said Zack Snyder could do justice, and I was like, yeah, he just did justice. Yeah. Shitty pun. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> A shitty pun that I didn't mean to make. Yeah, but one hundred percent, guys. If he does do, got to flip my a uh, Yoda movie. He needs to bring back. Uh, Yaddle or Yaddle, whatever her name is. What the hell is Yaddle? It's a so you know, you know, Grogu and Yoda are not the only uh 
Yoda species in the universe right now. There's another one called Yaddle or Yaddle. And this okay. one, was, I think it was, uh, I'm not mistaken, it was in Phantom Menace. This and pillow is killing me right now. Boy, you wearing a pillow. Man, I'm sitting on a hardwood oh. chair. Fuck out of my face. My it's ass is flat me. because of that. But moving forward, <laughs> moving forward from Brad's ass, and uh, Yadel was like, he. I think she appeared in like Phantom Menace, and she was a lighter complexion of Yoda, and I think she had brown hair. And it was like, it was so bad. Like this, the effects of, of this character was so bad, but it was just so interesting because it just like perpetuate the mystery of like where Yoda's from. Yeah. And it like kind of gave it more insight as to what they made, what other uh, Yodas could look like. Right. And that one did not look good. <laughs> Yoda did not look good. They, they, they literally just made another Yoda suit and just put a wig on him. Uh. I was like, ooh. So I don't know. That's some, I don't say I would love that. I'm sure if you ask any other Star Wars fan, they would want a backstory to Yoda's uh, yeah. origin. And honestly, if and for Zack Snyder to like possibly make it, if he had given the chance, I feel like it would. I feel like it would have done pretty well. And I think he. And though, that was like before. Yeah. The new the new saga too. Right. Jesus. I'm sure once they got the idea, which. But then again, it was before. Did Disney buy Lucasfilms after the new saga was already started? When did that acquisition happen? I'm looking it up. Look it up. Because I think it was before the saga, 2012. That was the Disney acquisition or that was the start of the saga? No, the Walt Disney Company bought Lucasfilm. Oh, it okay. bought it. It bought it back in like... 2012 and the force awakens uh came out in like 2015 so yeah oh, it was okay like they they definitely uh had the rights to star wars during that time okay which i don't remember what george lucas's uh, reaction was to this new saga obviously there's a lot of like mixed feelings about it i for one didn't i for one feel like it should be retconned so to speak. But, really? The whole yeah. new saga? Honestly, yeah. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people agree with me, trust me. Mainly, wow. Mainly because of uh The Last Jedi. Yeah. The Last yeah. Jedi was just universally hated. And it's it's kind of funny because I, I don't know. I I to be fair, I only saw it in the I saw it in the movie theaters and I actually didn't mind The Last Jedi. And of course, like I was over here, I was like, I kind of dug it. And all Star Wars fans were like, you could suck a dick. Like, I mean, it just people were freaking out over how much that movie sucked. And I was like, it was it was pretty bad. I was like, I didn't mind it. (laughs) It was pretty bad story wise because it it was like, ah, God, how can I put this overall? It demolished any type of any type of like Easter eggs that The Force Awakens made. Mm and or it demolished any mystery that the force awakened had answered too many questions too quick killed off too many major good characters and uh destroyed uh luke skywalker's story arc that's fair i've seen a lot of people that have said that they established a clear direction that they wanted to go with the force awakens and then the last jedi was like no i'm wrong yep 
Does that make sense? I've, yep. I've seen a lot of people kind of look at it that way, and I guess I could I could see that. Um, I the haven't only seen thing, the last Skywalker or the what was the it Rise called? of Skywalker, the, the Rise of Skywalker, guy. whatever the fuck. Well, I don't really care what it's called. Again, I'm not a Star Wars guy, so cancel him tonight. I'll see. Guys. <laughs> I'll see it when I see it. Like I'm not. I just I thought the, this story was interesting just because we've talked about Zack Snyder so much. Hey guys, don't worry. We'll have a Star Wars episode, and I'll get him caught up. Trust me. We will. Even though I'm I've not seen as like, them. but you don't like you. You don't understand. Them. That's the way I could say it. That's fair because I've only yeah. ever really seen them all one time. Exactly. You've only seen like the the. You've only seen the tr- the the saga of the movies. You haven't seen all the other stuff. Like you haven't you haven't like read the books. You haven't watched the TV no, shows. You haven't done any of that. And all of those, even though the books, again, like, that pisses a lot of people off, too. Like, they retcon all the books, all the Star Wars. They call it Star Wars Legend, if I'm not mistaken now. And that pissed off a lot of people. Like, that's what that's what really ticked off most of the Star Wars fans was the fact that Disney pretty much said, I'm buying uh, Lucasfilms, but I'm tossing it all in the garbage. <laughs> I was like, so that was pretty much the way it went. Kinda, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Everything. Mickey, Mickey the... Mouse is like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like there was already like well-written lore of uh, Star Wars, and they were like, "No, we're good. We're just gonna go somewhere else." Yeah. And look how it went. And granted, I, I the get new it. saga was decent, but again, like I feel like it would be retcon. I get it. I, I do yeah. get. I understand why people. Um, have such strong feelings about the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I, and I, again, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a Star Wars fan as much as a lot. I like them. I, I mean, I dig them. Um, I hated the prequels. I couldn't stand the prequels. Um, the prequels, where is that? Man? The I'm only not... okay, I'll say this, guys. The only thing that I actually like enjoyed with uh the last jedi was that uh light speed scene you remember that yes where look man that was so unheard of yeah never before would i have thought that that would happen (laughs) and whenever i saw that i think i i saw it yeah i saw it in theaters and when i saw that oh my goodness that was what was perfect for a movie theater to see the light speed scene yeah. Where she just goes full light speed and destroys the entire fleet, physically, like physically and like uh, like mathematically and scientifically, because they've been talks about it, couldn't happen, unrealistic if it would if, and unnecessary. First off, that's that's another thing. People didn't like that movie because that scene right there didn't really make sense for her to do. Right. Or like they were saying, well, if she did that, why didn't they just do that all the time? <laughs> Like, I'm not kidding. Like, there's been, like, so many vi- – I've watched so many videos about that scene alone. That's how in-depth Star Wars is. Like, it's far in-depth, for, so far in-depth than, like, The Walking Dead or anything else. Yeah. Trust me. Which – and I, I – again, I'm probably going to get destroyed in the comments. We were just talking earlier in the show about – uh thank you all so much for your positive comments and for talking to us i'm probably gonna get like hate from star wars people but oh i'm i'm definitely gonna get checked don't 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 think i'm gonna get checked hard because i'm i'm trying my best to say as much as i know about star wars lore 
I'm pretty sure I got some stuff wrong. So if you guys, please feel free to correct me as much as you want about the whole Star Wars lore. Trust me. I, it's I, okay I would because love to learn more. I'll admit, I know I'm not a big Star Wars fan. You know what got me to watch them all, right? I tried when I was younger. Uh, and I just, I was like, this is stupid. And I turned it off after like 15 minutes. And then when Rogue One came out, I went and saw Rogue One. Uh, I don't know if and I saw it with funny. you. I loved Rogue, like for whatever reason, I loved Rogue One. Like I, it, it is my, I think it's my favorite Star Wars movie in general. Everybody loved Rogue One. Rogue One was definitely one of the movies of the, one of the newer movies that everybody universally loved because it talked about the Rogue One squadron, which obviously is like, a, it was talked about in like the first a movie like the very first movie um uh, episode uh four episode four now uh-huh. and uh yeah just everyone knew about rogue one squadron but no one knew the whole story so yeah. when that came out everyone was excited and the story was great there was <clears throat> there was very little um use of jedis and like the actual uh lightsabers other than the darth vader scene which is by far one of the best darth vader scenes yeah. of the entire franchise i remember everybody in the movie theater during that scene was like hallway scene was by far one of <laughs> it's like it was it was by far one chair of like <sighs> it was one of the most scary uh scenes in like the star wars franchise 100 well if you remember that scene like they were sitting there and like they got their guns and stuff and they're pointed and they're ready to go and like you just see the black hallway and it's like <sighs> yeah yeah it was so <sighs> ominous it was and that was you just so like badass. that was all you heard for a few seconds mm-hmm. before you actually saw what was going on it was, it was that was it a was mainly scene. it was mainly because like when because like in the whole star wars and the star wars saga you saw darth vader but you never really saw like everyone talked about like how powerful he was and how how great he was yeah. in the force but you never really saw it in action that was just like a small little glimmer of like a live action uh what he could actually do what he can actually do yeah, yeah. it was truly beautiful yeah. and which, by the way, spoilers, I'll say, wait, you haven't seen The Mandalorian. I haven't seen it yeah. all the way through, no. I've seen, like, the see first it. half of the first season. You have to see The Mandalorian. You have I to know. see the second I season of Mandalorian. To, I, I've, I Bill Burr's in it. I have... What do I have? Nothing. No. Nothing in Star Wars. Yes, I do. Don't I have me. the original trilogy. Oh, okay, well, that's fair. I have Empire Strikes Back, Last Jedi, or not Last Jedi, um... Return, Return, of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi and, and uh, New Hope. Yes. Okay, I got you. I'll, I'll just say this. Um, the second season of The Mandalorian pays homage to that scene in Rogue One. And it's okay. phenomenal. It was beautiful. Are you talking so about the beautiful. Luke thing? Fuck you. It was fine. Was it was, it was yeah. spoiled for me. And again, yeah. that's like, I don't care if that's spoiled for me. Like, that's yeah, one thing. You. Whatever. Because, like, like, I could take it or leave it. Like, I'm, yeah. I like it. But I'm not like wholeheartedly invested in it like a whole lot of people are. That's that's the main thing is because everyone fell in love with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and all of them but because of the original trilogy. But during his time, they were limited in like their capabilities of like emphasizing their strength and skills. Right. Like as you could tell, the fight scenes and the original trilogies were not that good. Yeah. 
and then you saw uh well it was the, the 70s though yeah exactly i mean so like so like whenever but then whenever you had the prequels and you saw how the lightsaber duels like the one with anakin and obi-wan mm-hmm. that final duel was so choreographed and it was so beautiful right so like you want like it made it made us think like well what if what, like can we see luke skywalker can we see darth vader like in that scene like with all of those actions yeah but we never got to see it and those are just small little glimmers of what can happen you know yes. there's actually in talks they wanted i i heard talks that there was going to be a uh um a luke skywalker series and they were everybody wants uh what's sebastian stan yeah right? yeah because he actually yeah. he actually looks he looks like him like he, yeah. could, he could pull it off yeah mm-hmm. and i'm actually really excited for the obi-wan series don't get me wrong with uh, ian mcgregor which is by far like he's a, he's a pretty mm-hmm. damn good young young obi-wan so i would love yeah. to see him uh, I would love to see the the old uh... dude. They're really gonna expand on it, though. You know, you talked about people being pissed that Disney like wasn't that they were taking their own direction. There's like what fourteen or you know twelve or fourteen different Star Wars shows that Disney has lined up for the next few years. Like, no, no, it's, it's a okay. lot. No, 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 no. Okay, let me let me let me preface this. Okay. <laughs> you said no, 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 no. <laughs> Look, Disney fucked up the new saga. Dave Filoni. Who is uh who is who who had who was a uh, heading the first man the first and second Mandalorian like though that guy literally saved the Star Wars franchise because trust me after uh rise of rise of Skywalker like the franchise was gonna die off I'm 100 certain like they were losing fans left and right but then when Dave Filoni came and helped out with the Mandalorian it shot the franchise back up that's why whenever we're talking more about these other episodes. We're really hoping that Dave Filoni continues to do the magic he's doing. Trust me, he's so. He's are you hyped? Saving. Are you hyped for Bad Batch and for all of the other Star Wars shows? Dude, the Bad Batch is fucking awesome. Okay, <laughs> but I'm saying, here. are you are you hyped for this direction that Disney's taking all the different series? I'm hyped for what Dave Filoni's doing. I don't okay. know about Disney. I know what Dave Filoni is doing, and he's doing a fantastic. <laughs> well, job. Disney's it providing be, the bucks, so I, mean... I, I don't. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm I'm glad Disney's funding it, but Dave Filoni is the one that's Mickey Mouse has still got a hand on the wheel. <laughs> yeah, but actually, I think I heard something about Dave Filoni leaving. I need. I've seen a lot right of now. people say that they feel like John Favreau is the future of Star Wars. Yeah, true. Dave, uh, John Favreau, because he's he directed. Uh, if I'm mistaken, I think he wrote and directed the Mandalorian. Yeah. Plus, he's got yeah, his I hand so. in the MCU, man. Hmm. John Favreau and Dave Filoni both pretty much like did a terrific job in the Mandalorian. Mm. And um, I think if Dave Filoni is leaving, I hope Favreau still like takes care of all that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole episode. We need to talk about, man. Yeah. We, we could probably, I'll tell you what, once, once I rewatch the franchise, we will sit down and we will do a whole episode on Star Wars and the future of where it's going and things like that. That that would make a really good in depth episode. That would be a that'd be a cool one to uh, to to talk about. So, guys, let us know in the comments what do you think of a uh, of the direction of where Star Wars is going, um, and what do you think of the fact that a Zack Snyder Star Wars film almost happened? Because that's pretty dope. So yeah, I'm sure you're gonna infuriate a lot of people, honestly. Yeah, probably, but uh, but it's okay. 
yeah, things fine. like that happen. Yeah. Uh, let Let's go here. Let's go to this next story. Um, so we're we're gonna dabble back in the horror world a little bit. Uh, I thought this was really interesting. I was real. This was one of the stories that I was most excited to to chat about. Um, so it was revealed via bloody disgusting that the Final Destination franchise is actually a product of the X-Files. Explain. So, as our listeners know, I am a huge fan of the X-Files. Um, I actually just finished watching the series for the second time through with my wife. Um, she was really into it. We, I mean, I, it's it's in my top five favorite series of all time. It's probably tied with The Walking Dead for my favorite show. Um, so Jeffrey Reddick, who created the franchise, essentially, uh, he revealed to Bloody Disgusting that the entire idea for the concept of what Final Destination became came out of an unused script for an early episode of the X-Files in 1994 called Flight 180. Uh, oh, shit. I do know about this. Yeah. Because, yo, Flight 180... Because the Final Destination uh, like movie is actually based on a real-life event. Now, it's funny you say that because he says it's not. Oh, fuck you. He says it's not. Uh Riddick Riddick actually said the biggest misconception about the original spec script is the one that has bothered me the most. When the movie came out in 2000, a lot of reviewers said the story was inspired by the real life crash of TWA Flight 800 in 1996. I got flack for that, but I actually wrote this in 1994. I do think the director may have used news footage from the crash in the film, so that's where the rumor came from. I'm glad you brought that up, and it's funny you're a pilot and you know what that is. Uh, so that, I, I don't know. I, now, I don't know, should the director have used actual news footage from that event? Probably not. Probably that's, probably, not. that's probably in poor taste. That's, that's pretty, um, yeah, pretty shitty. But as an X-Files fan and as a horror fan, I thought this was kind of dope. Um, I actually read through the script this morning and it's freaking awesome. Like it screams X-Files, but there's also obvious parallels to the Final Destination franchise within it. Um, now, I, I didn't know if you remember this. Do you remember a few years ago when you all lived in the house? We, I came over one night and I don't even know how if we had this planned. I think we were just we were we were probably a little drunk, and we were probably looking for something to watch. Dilly and dilly. I think that dilly dilly they had. I think they had like the whole Final Destination uh, franchise on Netflix or something at one point, or on Hulu or something. And uh, I remember we over the course of like two days, we watched like the entire Final Destination franchise at your house. Do you we remember did? that? I yeah, it was a few. It was a few years ago. Like it was like probably a year or two before COVID happened. It was a little while ago. But we probably it was did. fun. I I remember doing it. It it was a good time. It was good times. Um, it was a damn good time. It's the, those are fun movies. Like they're not crazy, and I'm not like overly wild about them. But it's just fun. Um, yeah. It's like because it's 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 like it's like irrational fear. It's like yes. your irrational fear of becoming uh yeah. becoming like real life. Yep. 
Um, so basically this script, again, I read it this morning. Uh, I'm not going to talk too, too much about it because if you want to go back and, uh, and read that script for yourself, um, if you're listening, you can go ahead and do that. Um, but basically the, the concept that death is more of like a, a force of nature or a construct is still intact. Um, you know, in the final destination franchise, death isn't really an event. Death is something that follows you. It hunts you down in those movies. Uh, so basically, in the script, um, Agent Scully's brother Charles is on a plane, and he's asleep. And well, you don't know that he's asleep. And in, the, in the, the teaser at the beginning of the episode, uh, he gets up, he goes in the bathroom, and the plane starts to dive. And there's an explosion and the explosion rocks the whole plane and it goes down. Well, then he wakes up. He wakes up and that was a dream and he's sitting there in the seat. Well, he starts to cause a commotion. You know, the flight attendants are coming over, you know, the employees of the plane. It hasn't taken off yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're still sitting at the airport and he's like, you got to stop this plane. Like, we can't leave. You got to get these people off. Something real bad's going to happen. There's going to be an explosion, blah, blah, blah. And of course, they're like, "You're you're full of shit. Get it like get off the plane. So they drag him off. And then actually four or five other people, I believe, get off of the plane with him. Uh, And of course, then a few minutes later, we cut to, um, you know, half hour later, whatever. He's sitting in the in the security wing of the airport and over the radio, they hear that Flight 180, there was been a there's been an explosion and that Flight 180 has gone down. Cue X-Files cutscene. Cue the opening credits of the show. So that's kind of the teaser at the beginning. What a dope opening to an episode, especially to that show. That would. That's honestly, pretty cool. Honestly, I would probably have better seen it as an X-Files episode. Than yeah, the movie. and it, it would have worked as an X-Files episode. I kind of, I don't know if he ever actually submitted this or if, uh, or if, um, uh, or if they just didn't, they chose to not use, Fox chose to not use it. I don't know, but I actually really dig the idea of this episode. Um, again, I'm not going to spoil the rest of it for you. You could probably kind of guess what, ha- you know, what happens if you're an X-Files fan. Um, I was thinking maybe since Julie and I just finished that, maybe we could hop on and do a script review. The script isn't very long. I mean, I, I, I read through it in like 10 minutes. Uh, Maybe we can hop on and we'll do a script review or a recap on uh, on the main show, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that. That'd be fast times at Richmond High, right there. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, so Jeffrey Riddick had to say uh, it was really exciting to find it on an old floppy disk. I typed it in Microsoft Word since we didn't have the luxury of Final Draft back then. It's definitely fun to read, but I wrote it over twenty years ago, so I read some of it and cringed a little bit. You get better as you get older, uh, <laughs> which. You know, I bet it's cool to look back through your old projects and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he also had this to say, which I thought was pretty interesting. He said, I think fans will be most interested in seeing how the kernel of the concept started in 1994. Death worked differently in this version. Since Mulder and Scully had have the believer skeptic relationship, I had to keep death vague enough, but clear enough to fit the concept and investigation into a one hour show. But it's interesting to see how this kernel evolved into the original draft of flight 180 in 1997. And finally the finished version of the 2007 final destination. 
so this kind of went through a little bit of a, a morphing thing. Um, apparently, New Line really liked the script, and they thought that it had potential, so then obviously it snowballed into what became Final Destination. And of course, we know at the beginning of that movie, it kind of starts out the same way. It's yeah. pretty much the it's... same exact concept. Uh, now, now, just now, just say it like it was. It could have been an X Files. I feel like that would have been more interesting than the actual movie. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. because in the movie it was like, I don't know, it was like, it was like death porn, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, like I, when we watched them, it all, didn't, I it mean, didn't give, it didn't give like the, the mysterious essence of death. Right. You know what I mean, it's fun to watch them, but it's not like. Hey, I want to watch Final Destination 2. Like, I don't like yeah. I I don't know. Like I, I've seen it once or twice and I'm kind of done with it. Like, I don't really it's not something that I just want to continue to come back to and come back to and come back to. Um, yeah. And again, they were criticized for I guess try, acting or seeming like they were profiting off of the flat the crash of uh Flight 800. Uh but again, he explained that that wasn't the, the inspiration. He wrote this story before that ever even happened um, that's actually really creepy that makes it even more it, creepy. it kind of is creepy uh, but again in true x-files fashion shit's weird the truth it's is weird. out there so uh, what truth is there from that type of concept <laughs> it's like it's what like what's the truth like what do we say to the goddess of death death comes Today. for you <laughs> no, that was a game of thrones reference and you would get it if you watched it no, I didn't get that. I'm a little bit ashamed. Uh, yeah. But props to Bloody Disgusting for dropping that awesome story. Yeah, um, thank you. Shout out to Bloody Disgusting. Hopefully we'll get Jules on and we can do a script recap for that because that would be fun. Yeah. Um, really, really cool concept. Uh, so where do you want to go next? Well, we got, uh, oh my God, let's talk about the HBO Max. With, uh, what do you mean? What's that? HBO Max. What was what? that? Sigh. I don't know. HBO Max what? I thought I knew what you were talking about. But maybe Sam Raimi. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, we're talking about yeah. Evil Dead. A new chapter in Sam Raimi's Evil Dead franchise is in the works for HBO Max. Yeah. So it, they announced this a few yeah. months ago. We, we already knew... That uh, that we were getting a new chapter in the in Sam Raimi's Evil Dead franchise, um, and it will be a sequel esque to Evil Dead One and Two and to Army of Darkness. Uh, and I yeah. guess a- I guess Ash versus Evil Dead will play a role in it. Um, it has the se- yeah, the sequel is officially titled Evil Dead Rise, mm. which is a dope name. That dude, yeah. that name kind of hypes me up. Um, it's been a little while since I've watched the Evil Dead movies. I need to go back and like revisit those. You like Evil Dead, don't you? They're fucking awesome. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Bruce They're Campbell is hilarious. awesome, man. And play, him playing Ash. Yeah. Chop I remember. Mark. I remember. <laughs> I haven't seen. What's it I haven't seen uh, Ash versus Evil Dead yet. I really want to. I haven't either. It, but it looks great, man. It yeah. looks phenomenal, and uh, I think Army of the Darkness is hilarious as well i don't know it's just bro the man has a chainsaw over her hand like yeah. let, let's let's be real that's just fucking hilarious s smart that's what it's called s smart yeah, yeah 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 i don't know what i'm saying s smart um so 
what's even more exciting than the fact that we're getting more Evil Dead stories is the fact that Sam Raimi is back, his mm. original team is back, and Bruce Campbell is back, but he's not playing Ash, sadly. He's not playing Ash. He's going to serve as an executive producer on the project, but he's uh, not going to he's not going to star in it as Ash. Yes, ah, uh, damn. <laughs> is your your excitement damn. level has like dropped half? It did. Dang, I'm not going to see it, my boy. I don't know, and who knows? He could have it. Maybe he could have a cameo in it. Um, uh, the the article did say that it will be filmed in New Zealand. Post production will probably be completed in Ireland, and it will be an HBO Max exclusive. So this will not be a theatrical release, at least as of right now. Um, this will just be on HBO Max. Uh, sure, yeah. The story sounds really, really dope. So uh, I saw this on Deadline. Here's what Deadline had to say about the story. Moving the action out of the woods and into the city, Evil Dead Rise tells the twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of the flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Mm. First of all, the Evil Dead monsters in the city? Dope. Yeah. Honestly, I am a little bit bummed that Bruce Campbell's not gonna that Ash is not gonna be in it, but I'm I'm okay. Like I'm not like complete. I don't I haven't completely lost hope yet. I mean, same. Mainly because I don't know. Like you, you're the one that likes uh like practical effects. I do. Evil Dead is is pretty damn good with the practical yeah. effects. Yeah, yeah, like, they are. Pretty damn it's good. good. Yeah. So like I don't know. It's. And also, like the new the reboot of Evil Dead. Have you seen that one? I have not. I I haven't seen the remake of it. I haven't seen either. But like, I feel like it doesn't. I feel like it probably wouldn't boast well with like the original. Right. It is probably like one of those like remakes, kind of like, uh, what's what's in what's what was that other like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Was that what year was that? What do you mean? Which one? 3D or oh, that whatever. I don't know what year it was, but it was Texas yeah. Chainsaw 3D. Yeah, it was, and like that one, was really it was like sequel, one of those. But... I know, it's it's like one of those. It was like like sometime during that period they were trying to reboot some like horror movies, yeah, or horror franchises, and you know it was like one off. So that's why that's why I feel like it'd probably be a little bit different than like you know, right? Evil One, Two, and Army of Darkness. Yeah, what do you think of the storyline? The that description of the story. Say it again. What was it again? Moving the action out of the woods and into the city, Evil Dead Rise tells the twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of the flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. It's pretty interesting. Isn't that sounds it? dope. It really does yeah. sound dope. Like even without Ash, even without a lot of the same characters that we've like met, uh, in you know in the first two films, and Army of Darkness and Ash versus Evil Dead, uh, I still think that this. What I think they're doing is, it, it's a different goal than what Halloween is doing right now, where Halloween is trying to go back and bring all of the characters from the original full circle into the story again. This, I think they're trying to do a new story. They're trying to tell even an Evil Dead story to a new audience. They're trying to get a new audience involved. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Halloween's a little bit more of a well-known franchise. 
I think with Evil Dead, um, it's not it, it's well known, but it's not as well known. You know what I mean? It's not Halloween. So or or Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or Texas Chainsaw or any of those. So I think they're really trying to just open it up for a new audience. Um, But I think the story sounds cool. I'm really interested in the city thing. A, what city is it going to be in? B, seeing all the demons in the city is going to be dope. That's going to be really, really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Like so. it's gonna be, it's gonna be much bigger. You know what I mean? Maybe much oh, yeah. more grander yeah. scale. It probably will have a a grander feeling. Um, Sam Raimi had this to say. He said, "At its core, Evil Dead is about ordinary people overcoming extremely terrifying situations." I can't wait for Alyssa and Lily to fill the blood-soaked shoes of those who have come before them and carry on that tradition. So yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, the if it was completely different people. You know, just like we talked about Pet Cemetery last week, if it was completely different people trying to do a reboot, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. But the fact that Sam Raimi is on board, the fact that the entire original team that made the first Evil Dead film is on board, Bruce Campbell is on board. I just, I, I think that they're going to do right by it. And I think they're going to tell an interesting new story within that world. I hope so. I hope so too, because I think got- it could be a really fun one. Yeah, they got some big shoes to fill. I'm not going to lie. They have big shoes to fill, I keep, but I think I keep it'll thinking, be fun. I keep thinking, because, like, golly, I just wish I just wish Ash was going to be in it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no. I'm going to miss the, like, wisecracking, like, Exactly. Whatever. My favorite scene was in, whenever uh, in Evil Dead 2 when Ash goes, like, fucking crazy and just starts you know you know he's in he's in the cabin he's just laughing at himself yeah <laughs> what the fuck? It's, it's like oh shit we're going we're going somewhere you and know he's like I wrestling with his own hand yeah it's just i don't know just if you wacky. know this um but originally the plan you know have you seen freddy versus jason it was going to be ash versus it was going to be freddy versus jason versus ash yeah and basically in a in a nutshell uh, there's a script out there. Maybe we'll do a script recap for that too. Uh, there was a script out there that basically, um, you know, of course, Jason beats Freddy ish at the end of Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Freddy wanted to get the Necronomicon from, uh, you know, from to like bring himself back into eternal life. Uh, and he basically tricks Jason into going to find the necronomicon uh which of course brings jason and ash together and then of course i guess jason gets the necronomicon ash goes to get jason and somehow ash ends up fighting freddy which dude seeing ash fighting freddy they are like the two most wisecracking like yeah just douchey horror characters there are like it's not you know like Michael funny? or Jason or Leatherface where like they don't talk to you. Freddy yeah. like gets under your skin and Ash gets under your skin. So like I feel like the two of them interacting like I would pay money just to see like a two minute scene of them like because I could totally see Ash being like you burned bitch. Like, you say, burned, just, like, bitch. just like saying something really stupid and funny <laughs> to Freddy and Freddy of course having some like really douchey dark uh, like you know comment back to him or something like that would just be a really fun uh i don't know it, it would be a fun a fun ending i would love to see it happen now like guys and it won't make that a but project, it would be fun please. i would love to new line cinema there. do it do just, it just do it you know how much money you would get you know how much comedy you would generate right now with that movie 
You'd be Please. sitting in the movie theater and you'd be like, yeah, getting your popcorn. Yep, yep. I want to see his action. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see chainsaw hand. Chainsaw hand is yeah. probably one. It's, it's just one of my favorite things. Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for a new chapter in Evil Dead. One hundred percent. So, I hope there's a Ash cameo. But if there's there, not, I, they I'm might. Sure. Even if he's not a main character, there may be a cameo at some point. I, I could see them doing something like that. I got gotcha. you. Um, so let's. Uh, Let's round out our, our horror news real quick before we move on uh, to some Marvel and DC. So we, we just did our review of Spiral. Uh, in episode 22 of Let's Talk Movies, we reviewed Spiral and we reviewed Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Um, and as we know, John Kramer died in Saw 3. But originally, Spiral was meant to have a cameo from jigsaw mm. do you want to play a game that's damn that's pretty good <laughs> yeah right Jeez. Uh, <laughs> you worked on that one <laughs> no i didn't uh so yeah there was supposed to be a, a, a jigsaw cameo in spiral um originally it was taken out because they thought it didn't do the film justice um because as we know again he died in saw three john kramer died um and spiral was meant to be a complete spin-off it wasn't really meant to have anything to do with the original series 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 it was just inspired by jigsaw's legacy um so darren lynn bowsman i believe that's how you say their name uh he had this to say about the the possible cameo in spiral he said we were talking about putting tobin in up until the last day of filming there was a constant struggle with us and i think that we all went back and forth on it it was a hard thing because the minute you put tobin bell in the movie it becomes saw nine which that's true yeah. the minute he was in it then it's not a spinoff anymore it's the next saw film yeah uh, if you think about jigsaw or some of these other films he had like two minutes of screen time and that was it i killed him in saw three i killed him 16 years ago so to keep finding clever ways to bring him back in i didn't want to do a disservice to this film no one can compete with tobin bell you can't uh he is jigsaw and there is no way to live up to what he brings on screen so i didn't want to fuck it fuck with it i didn't want to do it it was i felt a disservice to this film and to previous film to try to do that mm-hmm. uh i kind of agree i, I think agree i don't know how given now that we've seen spiral and now that we know uh the story that they took spiral in i don't really see how you could have had a jigsaw cameo it would have had to have been in a flashback uh, well, obviously, it would have had to have been in a flashback, but I think it would have kind of. I get what he's saying about it would have became Saw 9 at that point, because. The whole point of this is that it's a copycat, you mm-hmm. know, you're trying to kind of pull the attention away from Jigsaw and onto this other killer. The minute you put Jigsaw on it, it becomes about Jigsaw again. Um, and again, we talked, or I said in that episode, one of my favorite points in the entire movie is when Chris Rock's character, Zeke, looks at the killer and he says, you're not Jigsaw. Yep. Because that was like, you know, that was like, the for me at least, that was the big line. That was like, you know, Jigsaw had a motive. He had a purpose. You have no purpose 
except to kill cops. Mm-hmm. Like that's not you're you're not trying to teach anybody a lesson. You're not trying to give your weird sick way of justice. And I'm not defending Jigsaw. I'm not saying Jigsaw was right in what he did. He definitely wasn't right in what he did. Oh. But at least Jigsaw had a an MO. He had a motive. He had a purpose. This guy, he had no purpose. Uh and again, I, I I don't really see how you could have shoved Jigsaw in that movie um without making it Saw Nine. Yeah. The main focus of this movie was to like the main premise or like the underlying premise was like this was a copycat, like Brad said. And um to have Jigsaw play a cameo in it would uh, pull away from the main point of the movie. Right. And uh, there are already like plenty of like undertone, under underlining themes yeah. of that movie. So to put John Kramer back into the fold, whether it was a, a like a past uh, memory or whatever, a flashback, it just wouldn't fit well because. Because this is the way, best way I could say it is that Josh Kramer was like a legend, so to speak. Like he was really right. infamous in this universe, and for him to like to like say like, okay, he's dead, but here comes a copycat. Right. It emphasizes the fact that it's a copycat. Yeah, so like people are inspired by him, so it's creating. So he's so he like inadvertently created this uh, group of this small faction of people that want to, that if they feel like they've been wrong and they want to get revenge, the way is to go by the way uh, Jigsaw did with all these traps. Right. Like, yeah, pretty much it was emphasizing people want to be copycats to get their revenge on people. And if you were to bring him back into the fold, it would have taken away from it. And like, yeah, it would have basically been another Saw movie with him in it, which that wasn't the main point of the movie. It was... It was its own thing, and I think it, it should it should really should stay its own thing. One hundred percent. I agree. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, however, the interesting thing uh, he had he also kind of added to that a little bit. And Darren said, "I did have a really cool idea that I was really bummed didn't go through, and it was a way of to put the feeling of Tobin Bell in the film." Excuse me. Tobin Bell is a singer and he's got a great voice. I found a song of his that he recorded, which was a Johnny Cash cover, and it was this amazing, very haunting song. I had an idea that at the end of the movie, during the finale and the big gunfight, was all overdubbed to that song. So basically, all the sound goes away and it becomes Tobin's voice in it. But again, it felt gimmicky when we tried it. It sounded awesome, I loved it, but it was way too wink-wink, nudge-nudge to the audience, so we ended up losing it. It was a struggle. I get where he's going and I get why it would be cool, but I think for that moment, it wouldn't have worked. When it, like when you think about that ending scene and it like you talked about it's that like chaotic you you get so much information in the last five minutes of the movie and then it just ends mm. that would have been kind of like it wouldn't have had as much impact when when the killer gets away when the cops rush in and they shoot Samuel L Jackson's character as he's dying I mean it just it wouldn't have uh, it wouldn't have had as much impact I think if they would have made that that creative choice. I agree. It's so so. That's just why I said like I don't think Jigsaw should have been in that movie one hundred percent. And uh, even his voice, even his voice, 
because it, I don't know, it, it would have pulled away from uh, Schmeck, Schenk? Schenk? I really don't yeah. remember. I need to go back and rewatch it just to try yeah. to, to try to remember what his damn name is because I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, so like it would it would it would have pulled away from his motive and his weight in the movie. Yeah, because it would have just made him like another puppet in uh, Jigsaw's main game. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And plus, if he was in it, he would have been against uh, Detective Shank's, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, not mission, but his like plans and yeah. the way he did it. Like his idea of the way it went by, he probably wouldn't agree with it. Uh-huh. So yeah, it, w- sure. it wouldn't have made sense, honestly. I agree. So I- I'm glad that they kept Spiral uh, in spinoff territory. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I just I don't know I, I'm I'm glad that we stayed uh, where we stayed in that film and that we uh, that they didn't try to shoe in a, a, a jigsaw cameo because it, it wouldn't have made it wouldn't have quite made sense. No, not at all. Uh, so, a couple other things to get to before we head out. Before we get out of dodge. Before we get out of dodge. Uh, you want to talk MCU, DCU, DCEU, or uh, some more conglomerate? Disney's gonna rule the world, maybe. Um, what you got for DCEU? Let's talk DC. All right, a couple of little things. Well, little thing and one big thing. Uh, there's a new Robert Pattinson deal with Warner Brothers that could possibly lead two more appearances as Batman. So essentially, uh, by the way, I saw this on a Geekosity magazine. Um, that's Mikey Sutton's website. Um, so Robert Pattinson, again, has made a new deal. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure exactly the, how the deal is worded. I'm not sure exactly what it uh, encompasses, but uh, they're, they're definitely Warner Media has expressed wanting to work with Robert Pattinson uh, much more throughout the coming years. So Robert Pattinson had this to say. He said Warner Brothers Pictures and HBO have always been synonymous with groundbreaking filmmaking, and I'm thrilled to be working with them to discover the most exciting new voices in film and television and help bring their visions to life. I've loved working with the studio over the years and have so much respect for their dedication, their willingness to take chances, and their desire to push the envelope creatively. Uh, Courtney Valenti, who's the president of production and development for Warner Brothers, said, We have been incredibly impressed with Rob's eye for identifying dynamic new filmmakers. Additionally, he is continuously nurturing exciting story ideas into compelling screenplays. We are so excited that Warner Brothers and New Line will be his home and that we got to benefit from his creative commercial passions. So, Robert Pattinson didn't go anywhere. I think moving forward, I think Robert Pattinson is their Batman. I think that is the Batman world that they're going to want to build upon because it seems like they are real into to, uh, Robert Pattinson. Apparently, See, I can't, I can't put in any sense. I can't even put any opinions because we haven't seen. I know. And that's kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of people that are overly critical of a sparkly Batman. Uh, and I, I'm kidding. I, I think he'll do a great job. Um, I'm yeah, actually. Look, I, if I, you guys, if you guys have seen like his his other movies other than Twilight, 
he's a good actor. Solid actor. Yeah, he really is. Uh, and but unfortunately, he's when you just... think Robert Pattinson, you think Edward. You know, yeah, you think Edward it's... Cullen. You just do. And if you think of, it's the same thing with like um, Zac Efron. Like, yeah. and if you think of Zac Efron, you think of Troy Bolton, which I'm really ashamed that I know that name. I think, but <laughs> I think Robert Pattinson is a better actor, though. If we're being completely honest, eh, they're 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 kind of the same, same mm. level. I don't know. To be honest, they're the both of them are trying hard to yeah. move past their uh, teenage counterpart years. That's fair. Much. Really, we you and I haven't even really gotten to talk about this a whole lot. Like, what's your take on the whole Matt Reeves Batman thing? Um, I like a lot of the casting choices. I think it'll be very interesting. This is, you know, obviously Christopher Nolan's trilogy was its own. It was its own world. It was its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Affleck's Batman was kind of a more comic accurate Batman. I kind of equate uh, Matt Reeves' Batman film. I think this is going to be the equivalent of. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Of the Arkham. It games. was. It was uh so how can I put this? I would disagree, sorry. I mean, Nolan's fine. Nolan's uh uh Batman was very uh ground to earth, realistic kind of Batman. Um Zack Snyder's Batfleck was more universe Batman. You know what I mean? It's like Yeah, I, I guess it's I like can all, his I, only, I do agree his with only that. reason there was just for the universe to build further and further because yeah. his back there wasn't much uh emphasis on his skills it was just he's there because it's the universe and it's Uh, interesting because they still want ben affleck to continue as part of the multiverse i mean he's gonna be in the flash film like he's still gonna play batman we're just gonna have multiple batmans at one time Mm -hmm. and uh i think with uh batfleck i mean i hope i hope that they emphasize more of his skills because all we've seen is like his fighting skills and his training montage i guess yep. and his hate for superman that's it and and brooding <laughs> brooding a lot this man broods so much more than john snow jesus christ <laughs> which okay understandable because he's batman but i don't know what they they i remember reading somewhere that robert pattinson's batman is going to be mainly focused on uh batman's uh uh detective, detective skills. skills yeah yeah because yeah, he's he's a detective right and um uh, it would be. I would like to see more of that. At least I would like to see that actually happen in action. It in looks action. like it's going to be brutal, though, too. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you see, like in the trailer, my God, he beat that I guy mean, up. It's, it's it's rated R. He beats the shit out of that guy, mm-hmm. uh, kind of for no reason. Um, and it just it looks it looks like it's going to be darker, and I'm okay with that. I think I like. I am perfectly. I love the Dark Knight trilogy. I was okay with Batfleck, but I, I really I'm okay with having a rated R Batman. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. He's I, he's a he's a brutal superhero. Like he's, he really like, is. He he's brutal. But I mean, he was born in blood, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His whole deal is because his parents died, and you know everything that happened with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I'm okay. I I hope that this film is dark, and I hope that it is kind of in the, the same way that we felt about joker i mean i remember when joker ended 
I you need know. a bath. Well, I know you need to go sit in church with like a stack of six Bibles. I, no, I need, I need to go to, shower. Yeah, like, I need to go talk to my therapist. I was like, I was like, yo, I, I just saw the Joker. Well, I remember when that movie ended. We went and saw that in Lexington with my parents and Julia. Mm-hmm. You remember? And yeah. I remember when that movie ended. You were like, I don't feel good. <laughs> like, like I don't feel satisfied. I feel like I feel I felt broken down. I know it's. No, here, look, the way, best way I can describe it was, oh, God, it was, like, okay, the Joker, I, I hate getting a backstory of the Joker, because, like, you, you, I, you prefer, I prefer the Joker as someone who's, like, has no particular meaning, like, you can't, you can't negotiate with him, but that one right there, really, it really, like, it dug hard in, like, his, like, mental state and how he well, like, became psychotic, and that's and fine like, because, like, I I think it explains it just enough. It doesn't give you too much, but it explains it just enough to get you there. It again, like, I didn't really like the fact that. Look, if it was, if the Joker, if the Joker wasn't like famous, if he wasn't famous and everything for what he is in the comics and all that, if that Joker movie came out on its own and that was the first iteration of the joker mm-hmm. it would honestly make sense it would be a slam but because it was like uh it, it's but because it was a joker movie from the comics or trying to be it really didn't hit well because we already grew accustomed to the joker and how mysterious his uh backstory was right so it was it was interesting to to watch but also it was like golly it was hard to watch because it was, it was like it was it was, it was pretty deep. much talk- it was heavy. Yeah. It was talking about like what happens if somebody is like as mentally unstable as him is pushed towards the end. It was very and, heavy. Uh, yeah. So I can't imagine there there is there is a there is a, a a review of that movie. It was like someone someone said it was like that Joker movie was pretty much uh showing you like the true dark self the true darkness of like yourself of yes. like Yes. If you give, if you give into like all of your darker um, fantasies, what could happen? And that was pretty much what happened. Yep. And uh, it's like that movie was hard to watch, but it was also scary at the same time because it pretty much. I don't want to speak much for like you know mental health or whatever, but like I feel like that movie really hit hard for some for a lot of people that you know suffer for some uh, type of mental illness. Because it pretty much uh, depicted like if you could not have controlled the mental illness that you have, how far down the rabbit hole would you go? Yeah. And yeah, this man went far in the rabbit hole and dirtied his fluffy white tail and just went bonkers. And yeah, I mean, that movie, I mean, don't get me wrong. The movie's great. Soundtrack, phenomenal. Like I've I've listened to the soundtrack of the Joker a lot, and uh, it's just so dark and ominous, and it really plays well into the movie as a whole. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why we got into the subject of the Joker movie, but yeah, it's well said that well, that movie is honestly really, really good for it's it's really well written for a Joker movie. It is. It yeah. is. Well, I mean, we were talking about Robert Pattinson's Batman, um, and this new deal, and you know, I. I hope it is darker. Um, you know, we've heard rumors that it's like, you know, kind of nudge, nudge, 
don't be surprised if Batman loses at the end of this movie. You know, I hope he does. I, I'm down for that. Does. Like, yeah. I'm I'm kind of down for like, you know, in a way, this is like, th- this could be the Batman Year One kind of thing. Like, he just became Batman. He's angry. He's not. He doesn't really have his moral compass yet, uh, and he's just he's out for blood. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe it's too much for him, and maybe he lets his emotions get in the way. And he does lose. Maybe Batman loses at the end of this. And that is the beginning of his story arc into being the Dark Knight, into being, you know, this darker figure uh, that protects Gotham. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am completely down for that. I really am. Um, And I do kind of equate it to the, the, the Arkham games because those were dark and I really liked the vibe of those games a whole lot. Um, kind of this more rundown, uh, edgier version of Batman that kind of wasn't afraid to get his gloves bloody. Like, I, I, I dig that. I think that's yeah, pretty cool. But uh, the the Dark not the Arkham Arkham series, the video games that is, uh, it was a more, it was basically Batman like you know matured and like in his prime or like right. getting old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's it was very. Uh, it definitely showcased his detective skills, the Arkham series. Yes. And um, over, I mean, overall, like in regards to Batman stories, the Arkham series is one of my favorites. And uh, if I if I were to compare it, I could say the how can I say this? The atmosphere of the Arkham series will be similar to robert pattinson's yes i don't mean a direct adaptation i know in Mm -hmm. arkham it's an older batman i don't mean a direct adaptation of that batman but some of the same themes the the darker the more it's more violent Mm -hmm. um it's kind of more of a rundown like i said edgier bloodier version of the batman story um i'm okay with seeing that on screen like i i want to see that on screen yeah because Um, we don't we haven't seen like we haven't really like a good gotham like a really rundown Gotham in the Dark Knight. I mean, Gotham just looks like fucking Chicago. It was Chicago. Or, it was yeah. literally filmed in Chicago. It yeah. was Chicago. It, it, it yeah, it looked like Chicago. It it didn't look like uh, Gotham at all. Yeah. So, and even in uh, even in the 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 universe, the DCEU, I mean, we didn't see, we don't see much of Gotham either. Right. And uh, I want to see Gotham. I want to see what it looks like with all of these insane uh, villains like the penguin the riddler and uh, mad hatter and all of them like i want to see it i want to see underground um arkham and it's yeah i would i would love to see the actual atmosphere of that city and uh, absolutely i think that hopefully with the new batman movie we get to see more of that it looks like it's going to be mainly placed at night which is cool because yeah, the one thing I didn't yeah. like about the Dark Knight Rises so was at the end was in the it was day. too I much was like, daytime. Yeah, it yeah. was too it was too much daytime stuff, um, which I I mean I, I love me some Dark Knight trilogy I really do, but mm-hmm. it was a whole lot of daytime. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm excited for Matt Reeves' Batman film, um, and I am definitely open to Robert Pattinson returning more than once because I think, I will I will decide whenever I see him. Right, and I think if you're gonna have I think if you're going to have him return more than once, you need to have Batman lose at the end because you have to leave somewhere you have to give for these that characters. story. You have to give it somewhere to go. 
you have you to let these mean? villains live. You do. You have to let these villains live you, you for do. God's sakes. Because what? And um, that's a problem with superhero movies that we've discussed is. is that they always kill off the villain. And it's like, why do you do that? Like you can have the villain lose and not kill them off. So exactly. That's because like in the Arkham series, all of them just, uh, how can I put this? Yeah. in the Arkham series and the Arkham Knight, you're pretty much just catching these uh, villains and putting them away. Right. You're not killing them off. You're just absolutely capturing them. And yeah, um, yeah like I want to see more of these villains like actually survive and actually still cause Batman uh, grief. Like right. I, I want to see that. Like I want to see these villains like come back. I want to see them like come back in, but mess up a little stuff and like, you know, just create havoc for Batman. Yeah. Because you also get... If you do that, you also get to see how it takes a toll on him, like mentally, yeah. physically, mm-hmm. like it, it needs to be heavy. Uh, and I hopefully they, they make it heavy um, and that they make it a really dark adaptation. So 100% agree, because yeah. it's I don't know, the, the in regards to villains, Batman has pretty darn good villains. Yep. Everyone else is just like. Uh, you know, just there to inconvenience them. But right. Batman's is literally there to break them down, to test them in every single aspect of his moral code that he holds. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Every single one of them. Like, Ra's al Ghul's is pretty much just like, you know, like from the Ra's al Ghul to the Joker to the Penguin, all of them, they they test Batman's uh, morals of killing, uh, corruption, and just a whole whole plethora of stuff. So, like, I hope if they end up making more projects of Robert, of uh, Matt Reeves Batman, I hope we see. I hope they introduce more villains, and I hope they keep them alive, and I hope they just continue to test uh, Robert Patton's Batman because again, like he's young. You know how yes. you know how great it would be for us to fall in love with uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman because you actually see him get tested and grow. You more see him more. grow up. Yeah, you see him grow into Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, you see him become. Uh, you know, you see him start out as a vigilante and you slowly see him become the hero. You see him gain mm-hmm. his morals. You know, you see him gain the things that makes him Batman. He His detective skills grow. His knowledge in the gadgets and all of that stuff grows. Um, he gets more of a moral compass where Batman, maybe he doesn't kill people. Maybe in this film, he does kill people and he realizes, I'm no better than the villains if I'm going to do that. Like, I'm no mm-hmm. better than the joker or penguin or anybody else if i'm killing people yeah so and that's another thing i'm also excited to see a darker take on the villains too like have you seen no the riddler's gonna look scary that calendar picture you know what i'm talking about no i well we saw him briefly in the uh we saw him briefly in the in the trailer with the duct tape where he's duct taping the guy's head around or whatever Mm -hmm. um but there was a, a calendar, like for the marketing campaign, um, like a, a the Batman calendar, and it had the uh, it, uh, not the Joker, it had the Riddler's face on it. Dude, his costume is creepy. It's weird. It's really weird. So I'm kind of excited for a darker take on the villains too. Do you think that the Joker film will be set in the same universe as this? I. I hope not. In a way, I want it to, and in a way, I don't want it to. 
Like, I'm kind of torn. I Again, that's something I'm going to have to try to wait and see how the Matt Reeves Batman film is before I really make a decision on whether or not I want uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker to mm-hmm. be in the same universe as Robert Pattinson's Batman. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that one yet. It's because I don't know what this movie is. Like, is right. it comic accurate? Is it fantasy related? Or yep. is it realistic? The exactly. Joker was definitely realistic. Oh, like, for It was sure. mainly grounded realistically. And, you know, like you can imagine that happening. Yes. So I want to see how this one plays out. And yeah. then I'll decide whether or not I want to see that Joker. Me but too. honestly, again, like I don't think the Joker should be a sequel. Again, I don't think it should. I think I that was a perfect one-off story. And I about... think they are. I think I actually just saw this a little bit ago on Twitter. I think that they are developing a sequel, a sequel script script for Joker. Dude, it made two. I think it made over a billion dollars. Of course, they're gonna make it. Made that moolah. Money, 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 money. That's like you said. The movie, the movie's business is just all about money. <laughs> It really, it is, man. Yeah. As much as we hate it, it is. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the craziest stories of the entire night. Uh, maybe the craziest story of the whole evening. Okay. Man of Steel. Zack Snyder's Man of Steel was almost set in the same universe of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. I, I do remember... I feel like I have I've seen an article like that during the Dark Knight like trilogy. Like it was nearing the end of the it was during the Dark Knight Rises, there was in talks of a man of steel, right? Well, it it would have been in between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. Because I think the Dark Knight Rises came out in what, two thousand thirteen? Something like that. I think it came out I think it came out in two thousand thirteen. And Man of Steel ended up coming out in two thousand ten. So it would have been in between the Dark Knight. What year did the Dark Knight come out? Look that up. I remember seeing the Dark Knight in the movie theater, but I don't remember what year it was. Let me see this. It was released in 2008. Yes, yeah, that's true. So the Dark Knight was released in 2008. And again, Dark Knight is in the top three best superhero movies of all time. It just is. It's it, it's it's astounding. Um and of course, building off of the success of that, uh, Warner Brothers knew, Warner Brothers and DC's films knew that they wanted to do a superhero, or a, a Superman film, excuse me. Um, and I think they had already tapped Zack Snyder to do that. Now, uh, Christopher Nolan already had his Dark Knight trilogy in motion. Um, I don't know if Christopher Nolan had the Dark Knight Rises written yet, or how, where they were at with the finale. The, of the Dark trilogy. Knight Rises was released 2012 and man of steel came out in 2013 right so i don't know where exactly i don't know when exactly they had a script done for the dark knight rock i guess it doesn't really matter even if they would have put man of steel in because it would have it wouldn't have mattered you could have told both stories separately Mm -hmm. um but the 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 interesting thing about this you know Zack snyder revealed that this was never 100 percent off the table for warner brothers like they actually considered for a period of time having Christian Bale's Batman and Henry Cavill's Superman in the same universe. Dude, and if you think about it, this could have changed everything. We yeah. could have actually gotten a DCEU 
ran by Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan. That'd have been a stacked team. Name a more iconic duo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that dude, that could Whew. that could have been wild. Yeah, it that could have been wild sauce with strawberries on top. I mean, like <laughs> that could have been crazy. And it yeah. I mean it could have completely changed uh the 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 outlook of the DCEU and everything we've seen so far. Um mm-hmm. I think the big wrench in the chain was that Christian Bale was not gonna return after the Dark Knight Rises and that John Blake uh what's his name? I'm the actor. Uh help me. Let me think. Jordan Govan, Jordan Gordon yes, Levitt. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt. The fact that he was going to take on the role as Batman, I think that kind of really solidified the fact that uh, Man of Steel wouldn't be set in the same universe. Mm-hmm. A, because if you're going to do Batman versus Superman, if that was the plan all along, people want to see Bruce Wayne versus Clark Kent. And B, uh, not only the, the Clark Kent Bruce Wayne thing, but also, Christopher Nolan wanted to keep his trilogy intact. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I don't blame him. A, yeah. I really don't blame him. Uh, Christopher Nolan seems like he's a very specific filmmaker, too, and that he's very like protective of his films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, he's got such an iconic, such a surreal vision for what he wants. I think Christopher Nolan wouldn't have wanted anybody screwing up what he established and what he created in his universe. And yep. again, I really don't blame him. Um, I mean, what do you, I, it, it's just crazy to think about what could have been because the DCEU could have been changed forever. Um, I mean, what do you think we could have gotten out of uh, a Dark Knight trilogy DCEU? You know? So it wouldn't, it really wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a Batman versus Superman. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have. Because Well, that was their original plan though. They wanted to do I can't Batman see, versus Superman. I can't Superman. see how that would work, honestly, because <clears throat> could you see I mean, Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne fighting Henry Cavill's Superman though? Maybe. Uh, you you would see him use his gadgets a I lot. Mean, yeah, he would have to. Yeah, because and also Homeboy couldn't fight a dog. <laughs> he couldn't yeah, fight a yeah, Rottweiler. <laughs> he could not fight a Rottweiler. I don't know. Yeah, because again, uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman was too uh, too ground level. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was, was too, too realistic. It was, it was too. It was set in realism. Yeah. So, like, if we were to do uh, Christian Bale's Batman versus Superman, like, he would have got smacked. He would have because he because like again probably would have. Because if you were to look at the comics and the animated series of Batman, like by far the best Batman there is is the animated Batman. Yeah. Because he was also he was he was knowledgeable, he was a detective, he had plenty of gadgets, and he was just crazy strategic. Like yeah. take a look take a look at uh Doom whenever uh Batman had to like save the entire Justice League because he had a huge file of contingency plans for everyone in Justice League. Like that Batman was smart as fuck. He was prepared. Yeah, he was prepared. So 
Christopher Nolan's Batman, Christian Bale's Batman, just didn't seem like the type of person who could be prepared for it. Yeah, he, and I mean, if you look take at it all, like he seemed to be the type of person that would take it as like as like some came. Okay, I gotta take care of it. He was not prepared for anything that happened. He wasn't prepared for the Joker. He wasn't prepared for Bane at all. Right, and yeah. he had a character arc like. They they needed to finish his character arc with the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, his like, character there, arc was pretty much like he's getting old. Pretty there much. needed to be an end to Bruce yeah. Wayne's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't have just continued it and continued and continued and continued because it would have it would have gotten old and it would have tarnished the trilogy. Like it would have because let's face it. Say they would have done the Dark Knight trilogy and then Batman versus Superman. Uh, with Christian Bale's Batman and Henry Cavill's Superman. When that film was done, people would have wanted more Batman movies. They wouldn't have just wanted that Batman, Christian Bale's Batman to just be done. Mm-hmm. So like, they Christian Bale would have had to continue as Batman. And A, I don't think he really wanted to. I think they had finished their trilogy. I think Christopher yeah. Nolan was done. So I don't blame him in that respect for uh for wanting to keep his trilogy intact and for wanting you know his property to just kind of like fizzle out yeah it's keep it his you know the dark the dark knight trilogy i mean most of it was just alfred saying look man you gotta be done yeah you gotta have an end game like it wouldn't make sense alfred's entire character wouldn't make sense if you were to continue it he's my favorite alfred dude yeah side note michael kane is the best alfred out there he really is. I don't know. What's his name from the uh, Justice League? I don't know. He's my. I I don't like him he's, as he's, much. He's 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 a, he's a pretty good Alfred, Be- mainly because he, was a he butler, is a good but Alfred. Was, but, but he Michael was also King. well. Alfred was known to be like the type of person who was. He could hold his own. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, Michael Caine's uh, Alfred was like a wise old wise man for batman for yeah, uh, bruce yeah. wayne as compared to like in the comics whenever like i'm not gonna lie like there is one scene there is there is one there is one storyline <laughs> i love so much um with alfred it was in the injustice storyline um superman superman gets a hold of batman and beats him beats him down and he, batman was like on his last leg and out of nowhere Alfred comes out of nowhere and just heads butt Superman so hard, broke his nose. The reason why is because in the Injustice storyline, they create some type of pill that gives you, uh, you know, like at for a moment, super superhuman yeah. strength, any anybody superhuman strength. And uh, Alfred took like I don't know one or two of them and just murked Superman. Like I'm talking like in the comic, you can see Superman just laid out, all bloodied up, like Jesus. I got my ass kicked by an old man. That's and then, awesome. And then Alfred just picks up Batman, moves away. Like that's like that's that's the type of Alfred I I kind of like grew up reading was old yeah. wise man, but could hold his own. Yeah, I I kind of like Michael Caine's version of Alfred because Michael Caine's version was like grounded, low, I'm telling you, low key father figure to him. Yeah, you know, like he he watched out for him more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like he just he cared about him and he wanted to. He wanted to make sure that he would come home at the end of the day. That yeah. kind of Alfred. And I, yeah. I, I dug that. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. Just want to watch the world burn. Oh, okay. That. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Michael Caine's uh, Alfred is by far stellar. And 
the dynamic between Christian Bale and Michael Caine was yes, they did good. have a really good relationship yeah. on screen no. too. So, but I thought that was crazy. I I was just like, holy crap, we that really could have happened. Like that could have been a real thing. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, two more stories to get through before we hop out of here. All right. So Amazon has purchased MGM. <laughs> Let's go Amazon. Let's go Jeff Bezos. We are continuing this trend of big companies getting bought out by bigger companies that Disney has started. And then now Warner Media has kept going with Discovery. And now Amazon is purchasing MGM because Disney has Disney Plus and Warner Media has to contribute or has to uh, compete with that, so they have HBO Max, and then they're going to change something, and they're going to have Discovery Plus plus HBO Max, and then Amazon is going to have NGM, so they're trying to push Prime Video. It's just going to be a never-ending spiral of big companies buying big companies until there's just one, and we all know it's going to be Disney. Let's be real, Disney's going to buy everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of it's almost frustrating in a way. So I feel like I feel like every single time uh, one of these studios buys another one, all of the other big studios are like they do the bully Maguire thing. I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. In your eye, <laughs> like like I feel like they they're bully Maguire. Um, but you know the crazy thing about this is this week Amazon announced that they were purchasing Metro Goldwyn Mayer, which is MGM Studios. For eight point five billion dollars, almost Jesus. nine billion dollars. I feel like Trump. Billions and billions, billions, billions and billions. Again, their whole goal is just to compete with Disney and with Warner Media. Like, it's just like again, where are we going to draw the line here? Like, where are we going? Like, when are when are these companies going to be like, you know what? I have enough assets. Like, I'm doing pretty good they're not going to are they no well <clears throat> it's it's interesting mainly because um how can i put this like moving moving away from like the whole movie aspects with but moving on with amazon like i'm not gonna lie amazon is like it's violating like so many like antitrust laws which which you guys don't know what antitrust laws are. It's pretty much like regulating uh, businesses to make sure they're not really. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't know all of that. It's huh. it's like because like I don't know. Amazon has a lot of like monopolistic practices and it's violating and it it's like potentially violating a lot of antitrust laws and I'll, like even like the DC Attorney General is like suing Amazon on like antitrust grounds. Wow. Like allegedly that it's like you know because like it's one of the, it's one of the top. Uh, yeah businesses in the world like well, you have you have amazon uh google which i think is called face now or something like that i don't know um and apple. uh apple and all of them like and all of Disney. those yeah they're like the they're, top yeah they're they're scouring the, the marketing world or the business right. world and just buying up all these small little businesses not allowing it to grow and it's creating this fear that these businesses are gonna these companies are gonna end up like you know just owning a good majority of the market 
they're going to own the entertainment industry before yeah. long, you know? And that's There's going to be no, like, individuality variety. to these different companies where they can share they can share assets and they can have mm-hmm. their own things. I mean, they can all do their own thing. No, it's like they have this, like, singular vision where it's like they only want Disney Plus or they only want HBO Max or they mm-hmm. only want Peacock or they only want Paramount Plus. Like... I don't know. That's part of my my fear with the streaming service thing is that I feel like the streaming services are just going to become it's already going to become the new cable. It's it's opening. It's opening the it's opening Pandora's box right now. It really is. The streaming service is definitely opening Pandora's box when it comes to all of these businesses because it's like I don't know. It's like Amazon and Disney Plus are probably going to be because they're breaking like competition laws. Yeah, and they're like it's just it's wild. unfairly they're unfairly using their size to like uh, to harm these smaller uh, companies. Yeah, to reach to these to reach to us pretty much. And I think that's honestly like I don't want to get I don't want to get into it, but it's like yeah, that's capitalism. It's dog eat dog world. But at the same time, man, like Jesus, like ease of entry with these businesses is getting impossible like so like say say if you and me decided to make like a streaming service and we're doing pretty well out of nowhere disney comes along and says hey you're doing a pretty good job let me buy you off (laughs) and And you can't do anything about it you can't can't do anything and if you say no like you're just gonna get thrown into the dirt and forgotten yeah it's pretty much that way and it's I, I'm I don't get me wrong I'm I'm happy with Disney Plus I'm glad I like I, I I watch all of their shit I'm not you know boycotting any of their any of their products but it's important to to acknowledge like these like Disney Amazon and all these people like they're big sharks taking down little fishes and it's gonna come to a point in time I'm I'm telling you within a couple of years it's, it's gonna hit the news that. I mean, they're already getting sued right now. Like, look at Amazon. Amazon's being sued. Well, it's funny because violations. G- going back to the Amazon thing, um, I don't remember. I'll have to check again. I don't remember if it was Jeff Bezos himself. There were a few high ups at Amazon that were very against this MGM purchase. They were not about spending eight and a half billion dollars to purchase MGM. Um, and you know, again, their their sole purpose is to try to outdo Disney and and Warner Media with HBO Max and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to think just like you said. It, right now, there's a whole bunch of big sharks, and they're trying to eat all the small fish to like prove their dominance, and they're trying to compete with each other. But after all, the small fish are gone, and they have bought up all of these small companies. The sharks are going to turn on each other, like. These bigger companies like Disney is going to try to say, hey, my balls are bigger than Warner Media's and Disney's going to try to buy Warner Media, which yeah. then that's just going to leave what Amazon? It's Disney against Amazon. Like, mm-hmm. that's funny. Like, then Disney's going to buy Amazon and Disney's going to be on top. And it, I guess it could go either one, which I don't know. I still see. I think Disney's got all of the energy in terms of the movies and TV stuff. I think Disney's got him in the bag. I just really do. Mickey, I think Disney. I think Disney. Mickey's Mickey, got this shit. Mickey yeah. Mouse is too powerful, man. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey Mouse has got his hand in everything. Do you uh, do you know Do you know about this whole like? Do you know about like the Mickey Mouse like conspiracy theory that they're gonna take over the world? Hold on. Let me no. let me show you. 
it's it's crazy. I saw it on Facebook one day, and uh, it's like I don't know. It's weird. I gotta just just keep men- you just keep talking about it right now. I'm gonna look for it because um, yo. Well, you know, again, we're, we're talking about this time of like conglomeration and building and building and building and building and where do you stop? Well, the other thing, Miguel, that I kind of thought was interesting is I looked up MGM's assets and the properties that they own, and I'm going to let you in on a little something. What? In my opinion, it was not worth almost $9 billion. It really wasn't. So MGM owned, they own the 007 franchise. They own the James Bond franchise, which is pretty big. That's probably the, Mm -hmm. arguably their biggest one. They own Rocky and Creed. They own the Handmaid's Tale. They own RoboCop and Pink Panther and a couple other things. But again, is that really worth $9 billion? No, honestly not. I just, I don't know. I know that James Bond and Rocky are pretty big, but like... Even the two of them, like, I don't think that's worth eight and a half billion dollars. Like, I just don't. I don't know if that was a good business deal for Amazon. And again, I'm not, I don't work for Amazon. I don't know what exactly their their thought process was and their business model going forward. Um, It appears like they just want to be able to add these properties to Amazon Prime uh so that you can watch all of the the 007 films and the handmaid's tale and rocky and all that stuff on amazon prime but like is it worth it though no you know what i mean i just feel like i don't i don't know i just don't know if it's worth it i found it okay what lay it on me what is called it's called the people's republic of disney a timeline Okay. You ready for you ready for this ride? All right. I don't know. 2009, Disney buys Marvel. 2012, Disney buys Lucasfilms. 2017, <laughs> Disney buys 21st Fox. 2019, Disney buys Paramount Pictures. 2022, Disney buys Universal Studios. 2027, Disney attempts to buy Warner Bros. Warner Bros. tells them to fuck off. 2028, Disney buy Disney being highly pissed acquires their own private military. 2029, Disney storms headquarters in Warner Bros., killing many and taking the company by force. 2032, Disney... Taking Warner Brothers by force. Yeah, it it gets crazy. It gets crazy, trust me. 2032, Disney buys nukes from black market terrorists. 2034, Disney buys Microsoft. 2036, Disney declares war against the entertainment industry. 2037, skirmishes between private militaries occur in Hollywood and other places around the country. 2038, Disney nukes Hollywood. 2044, Disney buys the United States of America. <laughs> oh my God. 2045, Disney reorganized the American government into a totalitarian dictatorship deemed the People's Republic of Disney. With who 2040... the dictator, Mickey? <laughs> yes, you should see the picture, man. The picture's fucked. 2047. <laughs> 2047, the People's Republic of Disney moves to annex Mexico, Canada with the military might of Mickey Mouse. 2051, PRD, which is the People's Republic of Disney, (laughs) buys celestial bodies such as the moon and Mars. 2056, PRD colonizes Mars. 2059, PRD colonizes the rest of the solar system. 2064, starts construction of Dyson Sphere in the solar system. 2075, 
Scientists discover a form of FTL space travel. 2078, voyage to Alpha Centauri system is successfully completed. Uh, 2079, successfully establishes a one-world government. 2080, sends millions of military warships out throughout the galaxy, conquering extraterrestrial life on every planet the solar system. 2092, Dyson Sphere and Soul System is complete. 2100, Jesus Christ, this goes far. Uh... <laughs> 2100 reaches type three civilization status, creating a galactic dictatorship under the title of Disney. 2104, Marvel and X-Men fans are still excited about new movies. And look, Brad. I want you to know that I'm crying. Brad, you, you got you gotta you gotta show you gotta show them this picture of Disney. It's it's fuck like look, oh my goodness. What the, is it? The soldiers. They're like they have like helmets that look like Mickey Mouse. I've seen that. That one. Yeah. I've seen that. The statue of Mickey, and he's got like the the hail Hitler. Yeah, I yeah. Like, wow. I remember. I remember being like in middle school seeing that, and it freaked me out. I think it was. If, no, uh, it had been in high school, but I remember seeing that, and it freaked me the fuck out. I was like, if uh, if Walt Disney is really frozen somewhere, and that happens, he'll wake up and he'll be like. The hell did y'all do while I was? <laughs> y'all they're do they're all they're all worshiping him, and he's like, "What the fuck is all this? <laughs> all I did was make a mouse cartoon." They're gonna be like, "Sir, you own the planet. You own the galaxy." <laughs> Reaches Type Three civilization status. What the fuck is that? I I want you to know that we spiraled off of this from talking about Amazon purchasing a movie studio. Well, you 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 saw what I read you. <laughs> They, what Amazon is doing is nothing compared to what Disney buys Microsoft. Or no, like you said, you said that uh, it was going to be left to Warner Bros. and Disney. From what you I said, see right here, it's going to be a complete battle. You said Disney forcefully takes Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my goodness. It got wild. And then what? New NSA, I'm not saying it. I'm just reading a template. Ugh. Nuking Hollywood? Jesus Christ. Whoever wrote that and read it, Yo, like, props to you, but get some help. Oh, that's Jesus. funny. I, I want you to know I spit my water out across my desk. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's how hard I was laughing. Oh. Okay. Moving okay, on to I our just, last story of the night. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I, got, I, I, got, I found out what the whole idea of a type 3 <laughs> type civilization. You're really so, into this. It, so the scale has three design categories. A-type civilization, also called planetary civilization, can use and store all the energy available on this planet. Okay, that's us. (laughs) A type 3 civilization, also called the galactic civilization, can control energy at the scale of its entire host galaxy. Who the fuck made that up? (laughs) Who the... Neil deGrasse Tyson did not say... I'm pretty sure those words did not come out of his mouth. Whoever the fuck wrote that it's Wikipedia, so honestly, anybody could have wrote that. But <laughs> the fact that the fact that they thought Mickey they that this person thinks Mickey Mouse could create a uh, type three civilization, a galactic life. it's it surprises me. And are we gonna be alive in twenty one hundred? No, we're gonna be long dead. Oh. Our children, our grandchildren, are gonna be rebels. Against the Mickey Mouse Reliant Alliance, it's gonna be like Star Wars. 
a and, little bit. And Mickey, Mickey is going to be Darth Vader. Darth Sidious. Or, or no, Palpatine. Yeah, Mickey Palpatine. is going to be Palpatine. Yeah, 100%. Ugh. Like, Jesus, this is, I don't know. Like when I when I, like I'm not kidding. When I keep when I think of Disney, I think of that meme. I think of that Reddit post. Like Jesus Christ, it's it's like my it's like one of my it's like one of my like side irrational fears. It's like Mickey Mouse taking over. Well, I, I don't want to be rude by a fucking mouse out of my face. We're I'm about sorry, to get guys. canceled by Disney. You know that, right? Our whole channel is just gonna disappear. And all of our Bro, podcast stuff to... is just going to go away. We're not going to know what happened. There's going to be no notification. We're just going to go to log in. It's going to be like error. And we're just going to be gone. <laughs> all we have is just Mickey Mouse's like old template right there in our fucking page. Uh... I swear, like one of these, like I'm just saying, I imagine us like one day talking on the podcast, you know, in 2048. And all of a sudden we're sent, we're talking shit about Disney. And all of a sudden Mickey Mouse comes bursting through my door <sighs> and, and I get kidnapped. Yeah, it's. I don't know. And that, it's funny because I, I love Disney. It, really. Like I love, I love Disney, Disney too. I love it. I'm only I it's love just, Disney. And I'm saying that that's up here. funny. That Reddit post is funny. Yeah. All of that to say that Amazon has purchased MGM and that Amazon owns all of their assets now. I'm just saying <laughs> I didn't think of that until you started talking about Disney. Like you 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 were the one that said Disney was going to buy it all. And well, it made because, me think of that. Because my whole point is like, where do you stop? Like these companies you are don't. just going to keep, these companies are just going to keep trying to buy each other and buy each other and buy each other until there's one Supreme company. And like, I don't, I don't know, like I could be wrong. Maybe Warner media is really going to buy Disney, but like, doesn't I look just, like it. I just feel like Disney has got Disney is too powerful. Like they have too much. Like I feel like if anybody's gonna be the last big company to own like everything, it's gonna be Disney. And again, I we're we we kind of say this satirically. Like I don't I don't actually think Disney is gonna rule the world, <laughs> but it's just it that was funny. We'll see in eight years. Oh, you had you me know. cracking up. Twenty twenty nine is whenever uh, the war happens between Disney and Warner Bros. Just saying. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, my God. You know how baller of a movie that would be? I know. You need to write a script for that. You need to that'll write be, a treatment that'd be awesome. and for you know, Disney's takeover of the planet. Kind you know who galaxy. would fund it? I'm pretty sure it'll be on Disney+. Plus. It'll be on Star. It'd be on Star? Star. It'd the be adult Star. version of Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Disney, let's talk Marvel a little bit before we hop out of here. Um, just on a quick note, I saw that Jack Schaefer, who, uh, who wrote the, she was the, the writer who wrote WandaVision. She signed a three-year deal with Marvel and Disney, which is pretty dope because, um, a WandaVision was such a cool, like different take on one of the TV shows. I think it was a really cool way to start out Marvel's TV slot. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I also think, you know, she, she, Again, which we don't know this yet because the movie hasn't released. Uh, she was one of the three people that co-wrote Black Widow, too. So that'll be pretty cool. I, she's proved herself as a writer, man. Uh, and I think, you know, that's a, that attests to the, the vision and the talent that Disney and Marvel have. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what... Uh, I mean, obviously, we have the, the future slate of Marvel TV shows coming. Um, but I'm curious to see like what other stuff she writes and how else she contributes to Marvel uh, during that three-year deal. Because that'll be through phase four. Well, 
through yeah through phase four and maybe even on into phase five um but the the biggest piece of marvel news we had was that aaron taylor johnson who played quicksilver in age of ultron has been cast as craven the hunter in sony's solo craven film set to debut on january 13th 2023 and i'm just not sure about it you're not no I'm not. I don't know. I I think he's I think he's a great actor, but my fear is that because he's already portrayed Quicksilver, is this going to be an MCU tie-in film? Is it not going to be an MCU tie-in film? Morbius and Venom are supposed to be MCU tie-in films, so are we still going to do the whole thing where we can have? I mean, I guess if they're doing the vault, the multiverse, anything is possible. But I mean, like, I don't know. It's I think so. I, I think it'll be strange to have Venom and Morbius crossover into the MCU, but not Craven, especially when it's been rumored that Craven was going to meet up with Spider Man at some point. It was rumored that in No Way Home, Craven would meet up with Spider Man, but it's looking like that might not happen now. So there's i i read i read somewhere that uh this movie craven the hunter was gonna be all was gonna be uh an adaptation of uh craven the hunter is the last hunt which is pretty much like you know just right you know, that's a dope comic hunt. book storyline by the way if you haven't yeah. read craven's last hunt dude that's awesome it's insane do you know and i think that i think that if they're gonna make that movie successful they need to put it in uh craven's perspective like you know how cool that would be to put it in Craven's perspective as him seeing Spider-Man as prey. Yeah, it would. Like be all cool. you think of it like that. Like Spider-Man, just like he's not really like the main character. He's just like there. It's like it's like you. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, but you know, again, you know, you know no. that TV show? Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, yeah, where yep. he's like, like he's stalking Spider-Man, like that that type of that type of like perspective in the movie having that perspective in the movie would honestly make that movie 10 times better. I dig it. But my only thing though, again, is a, who's going to play Spider-Man? Because if you have it, if you have Tom Holland play Spider-Man, it's gotta be in the MCU. Like it was rumored. And I've talked about this, you know, it was rumored before we knew anything about no way home and the, the live action Spider-Verse thing long before Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx were cast as their characters from, Raimi's trilogy and from uh the amazing trilogy or the amazing series um it was rumored that you know after the events of far from home craven would be hired to hunt down spider-man hunt down peter parker and spider-man 3 would be the craven's last hunt film now again i think the fact that when they realized that no way home was a possibility and that they could do this Spider-Verse thing, I think that maybe their plans changed a little bit. Um, but again, I just, I think it's going to be strange to have a Craven solo film and not have it be a part of the MCU in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I, I don't know. It just, it, it scares me a little bit. I don't know. I get a weird feeling about it in my pants. I just don't like it. <laughs> I think... I think that if it was going to 
since it's a Sony picture, it should be its own one-off thing. You think? Yeah. And, um... I mean, it could have Tom Holland's Spider-Man. It could just be, like, a side thing that he goes through. <clears throat> and, um... I don't know. It would be interesting. It would, it would like, that, that type of movie would make sense for him, to, for the villain to die. You know what I mean? For, like, for Craven to die, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, agree with obviously. that. Yeah. It, it would... But then again, if they like the character, they're going to bring him back. They're going to want to bring him back. Yeah, I you know. know what I mean? But, like, if, if from my perspective, if I were to make, if I were, if I were thinking of, like, how the movie would go, it would make sense for him to, to die in, in that, in the last hunt. Yeah, I guess I... Because the story... I could the, see the, that. I, the, the end of Craven is actually, like, pretty fucking sad. It's like... Yeah. It's like he realizes, like, Spider-Man is, like, actually human, and uh, he realizes he's been beaten by a human, and, like, he uh, he can't take the stand of that punishment. So I mean, he ends up killing himself. I mean, yeah. Craven does. So it's 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 a sad storyline. Yeah. But well, we'll have to it, see it how that great... plays out. Um, I, I also just kind of feel dirty, like we're double dipping with the whole Aaron Taylor <clears throat> Johnson already played Quicksilver. So like, I guess I don't know. I feel strange. He's also. Do you think his body type is fit for Craven? Because I mean, like, Craven is a man. <laughs> like, like. Dude's hey, got a bush people, on his chest. Like people, he is people a have man. A, people have uh gone to serious lengths to change to, their bodies. to prepare for a role. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Like take a take a look at Mark Wahlberg's uh recent transformation. Have you kept up with him? No. He's he's preparing for a movie. Like he recently, really, recently? Yeah, he got really fat. Like unhealthy Dang. fat. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. And it's the same <laughs> it's the same with Christian Bale too, whenever he played uh, yes. Dick Cheney and Vice. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that and I was like, spot on job. Yeah. So I mean people will, like yeah, people will be dedicated to play to play the part of whoever they're playing. Yeah. And I think Aaron Taron Johnson would definitely be one of those actors that will have to take up the take up the task on, you know looking like uh craven but honestly i don't think they would make him they would probably make him more ground to earth more realistic obviously true you know i mean and they, they will they, prob- they prob- probably it'll make be him, a... they probably won't make him like the bushy buff uh fucking uh russian dude yeah it'll it, be it, more down to earth yeah yeah but i i'm definitely very interested to see what they do with craven and whether he'll be uh in the mcu or not so I don't know, but we'll have um, to see. we will have to see. Guys, that is going to do it for this week's episode, this week's massive episode of Let's Talk Movie News. Uh, thanks so much for sticking with us. I think we're, we've gone, we may have gone over two hours. <laughs> we may be going on three hours here. I'm not even sure. Uh, but thank you so much for sticking with us. This Monday on episode 23 of Let's Talk Movies, Uh, We are talking Bob Clark's 1974 classic, Black Christmas, and the unofficial sequel to that film, It's Me, Billy, directed by Dave McRae and Bruce Dale, written by, directed by, and produced by Dave McRae and Bruce Dale. And that movie is out today on YouTube and on Vimeo. Uh, Go and support those guys. They did a tremendous job, and we cannot wait to see uh, what they do with that film. So uh, please leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of this week's movie news. Uh, We'll be dropping little tidbits from this episode throughout the next coming days and weeks. 
and uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Tweet at us at We Talk the Movies, and uh, we will talk to you all soon. Have a great night, have a great weekend, and we'll see you.